KUFO Portland. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. to you. It is two minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of five in this, the month of June in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not really ostentatious studios of Rock 101, KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, the finest city on God's green earth. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Cavalcade of Whimsy. Thank you for uh, joining us today. If you would like to uh, engage with us telephonically, you can do that. It is 503 228 1-0-1. You can also uh, text if you like. It is 520-515-2051. And you can email. It is rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah with an H at KUFO.com. Tim at KUFO.com. Uh, or our production assistant, Greg Nibbler, can be emailed. It is nibbler, N-I-B-L-E-R, at KUFO.com. Is it the slightest bit warm in here this morning? Anyone? Bueller? Perhaps a slight bit. All right. It is a little bit. You know what? At least I'm not going to gouge my hand on that dry erase board when I walk to the when I walk out of the studio today. So if you missed this, I'm going to go back and isolate the audio of, uh, from yesterday's program of Tim just coming in with a power drill at around 7:40 and, and just going to work on the back wall here and taking this whiteboard off. If you want to get something done, ask a man with a toolbox. <laughs> oh, it's too early for puns. So I'll just let that one sit there. We'll come. We'll circle back around to that. Anyway. So I came, so I came in yesterday after the show, and Buzz was in here, and Buzz said, hey, "Did I did I hear somebody using a power drill in here earlier?" And I said, "Well, we were attempting to anyway, but I but really we're a can-do show, so I'm gonna get a photograph of this where like a before and after photograph where the whiteboard was on the back of the studio, and the whiteboard is now gone, and then I'm gonna get a photograph of all the injuries that I gave myself walking by it for the past 90 days before Tim just took matters into his own hands." Why do you carry an electric drill in the back of your car? I'm a landlord. All right, okay. So it's Either not... you do with it, deal with things right away or pay hundreds of dollars more if you wait. All right. If I get a call, have toolbox will travel. <laughs> I'll take something apart. I don't care if I fix it. So it's not like it's in the back of your car next to a clown suit or something. No. Right. I, I try to fix things, and if I'm unable to, then I call somebody. Fantastic. It is uh, 503-228-4101. Coming up in today's program, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins from uh, Capitol Hill. Also, Jim Roop will join us from Los Angeles, where I guess I'm unclear whether it's the Octomom or whether it's one of her people that's being stuck with some sort of... I mean, the kids are like six months old, and there are already a child labor lawsuit happening. So good things are on the horizon for that family. It could provide us decades of entertainment. And that fire-breathing dragon, uh, Gloria Allred, is thrilled over it. Yes. Also, you know who's thrilled is Al Roker. Who, yes, we have sound from him. Do we? Do you have the thing about him, uh, the thing saying that he was going to drop Spencer like uh, a bag of dirt? Yes. Awesome. All right. That is uh, coming up today as well. Uh, audio from this. I play this oh so grudgingly, this uh, David Letterman, Sarah Palin thing, which I almost don't want to talk about anymore because it's just it's, become... it's pretty much over. Except for, <laughs> for, the, for the jerks protesting outside God, the it's just like a festival of retards. It's just... Well, it's, it's, it's organized by the Republicans. It's just unbelievable. I thought he apologized and all was good. He apologized like 900 times. Sarah uh. Palin accepted his apology. 
But there's sort of the army of uh, of robo moms out there that just can't be they can't be dissuaded. I think it's it's like a bunch of rubes from Kansas that are there with nothing to do. And normally you would go to Moe's Delicatessen, but now instead you'll just I don't know. Let's go protest of the day. Let's go go to the Ed Sullivan Theater. It's what everybody's doing. Um, before we say anything else here, I should note that if you hear me kind of making this sort of noise and sounding a little um, little like I'm uh, tensing up at certain moments during the program. I've got this kind of raging heartburn going on this morning, and I'm going to try to, uh, I don't know, I'm going to try to take care. I, I bought, uh, I went to the plaid pantry because I had no Pepto-Bismol of my own, and so I was obliged to pay like $9 for the tiny little shot glass size, uh, so-called extra strength Pepto. Because after that whole discussion we had yesterday about, I don't even like to say this phrase out loud at this time of morning. We had that whole discussion yesterday during the show about those late night jalapeno popper Doritos. So at around 9.30 last night, it seemed like a really good idea to go uh, to the plaid pantry and buy this massive bag of those and consume the entire thing right before I went to bed. And so they've just been they've just been sort of sitting inside my thorax like some sort of a comestible smart bomb. And they kind of went off this morning. So I've got this. I've just got this. It's like a simultaneous uh, pressurized and burning sensation uh, right inside my abdomen. So that's... Uh, so that's a great way to start the day. Hello, Sarah Dillon. How are you today? Better than you. <laughs> Seriously, I. it's not that they're bad. It's quite the opposite. They're so good that I sat and consumed the entire thing yesterday before uh, before bed. Yeah, just, you can't do that right before you go to sleep. No, I chose poorly. That's just a, that's something I should have uh, that's something I should have waited on. I should have had like like let's say half the bag and then decided at that point on whether it was really good to finish the whole thing off. All right. Tim Riley is uh, at the news desk. Let's pay him a small visit here at the beginning of today's program. In the news with Tim Riley. A new bill would increase penalties for attacking pregnant women. Is there a rash of this going on? Apparently enough so for politicians to get involved. Uh, State Senator Bruce Starr, with two R's, drafted legislation last week that would have criminalized the murder and manslaughter of an unborn child. The bill was updated without the unborn child clause and seeks to increase penalties for an attack and uh, killing a pregnant woman. So all of you thinking of killing pregnant women, you better stop it because there's a big big penalty for that uh, now. I've ruined my weekend plans, Tim. Thank goodness we have politicians who do things like this. Uh, 69-year-old Monsignor Tim Murphy recently skydived to help students at Southeast Portland Central Catholic High School. He plummeted more than 13,000 feet from a plane this past Sunday near Malala. The Bond Senior ha- was attached to a skydiving instructor. Well, I don't know if it's a man or a woman, but, well, it doesn't matter, I guess. It landed safely following a drop of 120 miles per hour. He's doing his part after parents spent about $16,000 at an event earlier this year. They have Murphy skydive. The money raised will go toward student tuition. Murphy has a long history with Central Catholic High School, where he attended as a student, later a teacher, principal, and then a president. Usually anybody named Monsignor is just attached to a bottle of scotch. I mean, at least in, I'm not saying that about this particular man of God. I'm just saying in my opinion, in my experience uh, as a fallen Catholic, usually it's just a, uh, a cigar in one hand and a bottle of bourbon in the other. The chief financial officer who embezzled more than a half million dollars from his employer has been sentenced to five and a half years in the federal pen on mail fraud and money laundering. Also, the judge ordered 50-year-old Gary Green of Brookings to pay more than $400,000 in restitution to Tidewater contractors. 
They say Green devised a devilish, sophisticated scheme to defraud the company and diverted the money to pay for cattle, a honeymoon, a 53-foot sailboat, mutual fund investments, and personal expenses. Cattle? Cattle. Who, div- who diverts the, money? The future is in cattle. People eat cattle. <laughs> oh, pieces of cattle. So says Sam Elliott. Meanwhile, I kind of like this uh, soundbite. I, I, I'm one of the few in here, I think, who watches Bill Maher. But anyway... Friday night, he made one of the best statements ever, criticizing Obama, saying Barack Obama needs to be more like George W. Bush. I'm just talking personality-wise, the way George Bush was able to push through uh, things that (laughs) people weren't even asking for, like attacking Iraq. Uh, You know, George Bush didn't care whether it was something that was approved of by the Congress, by the Constitution, uh, by the Magna Carta. <laughs> he just did what he wanted to do. And I would like to see a little bit of that in Barack Obama. So, not care so much if he's popular, not care so much if he's stepping on toes, not care so much if he's expending too much political capital. I would like to see him lay it on the line and stand up against the uh, energy companies, the banking industry, the healthcare industry. Uh, all the corporations uh, who really need to be stood up to. Here's the thing about Bill Maher is I'm glad that that guy's out there kind of doing what he does and he has that show, but I just can't watch that. It's just, I find, I used to watch... Uh, it's a good Friday night activity. What was it? It was politically incorrect. It was on Comedy yeah. Central and they went to ABC and then he got dropped in, in 2001. And this is Real Time, which is on HBO. Yes. Which is a fine show. The thing is, I get about 12 minutes into that, and I find that my blood pressure has just escalated to such levels that I just can't take it anymore. That's because there were no commercial breaks. <laughs> well, because, well, it just gets more and more intense. Because there's, you, like, so there's no time for my anger to subside. Right, you can't let the air out. It just piles up. And plus, it always just degenerates into him and Michelle Malkin or whoever it is just sort of screaming at each other. So I find that what I do with, uh, with Bill Maher on HBO is what I do with, uh, what's it, like Keith Oberman, where you just sort of skip ahead to the one segment you want to hear with, with the Oberman is always that, that worst person in the world segment, and with Bill Maher, it's the uh, the new rules thing that he does at the end. And that's, I mean, I just isolate the whole show uh, down to that. I mean, that's, because otherwise, I just sit there and I feel Mr. Hand becoming Mr. Fist, and it just, it works out badly for everybody. Now, speaking of uh, news on television, I wonder if Larry King is deliberately trying to irritate Anderson Cooper by continuing to call him Andy. <laughs> Do we have sound? I, I Last night I was watching, he had Kathy Griffin on, who called him Andy, and then Larry King, who followed up calling him Andy, in the same segment. Uh, has Larry King done that before, or does, is that a thing that like he heard Kathy Griffin doing, and he decided that, that she is the that she's the roadmap to comedy? I think I've heard him use that term a couple of times. Well, that's, have you noticed this? Have you noticed that Wolf Blitzer isn't on anymore? He's just sort of vanished. I don't see that guy on at all on CNN. Oh, maybe he's taking a break. Maybe, because the last we're, time... We're working on a book? It, it's entirely possible. Everybody be, else is writing one. Why shouldn't he? During the election, he was on constantly, but I, there was this sort of barely concealed tension between Anderson Cooper and Wolf Blitzer. And I think it, it sort of reached its apex during the, I guess it was the one in Denver, it was the Democratic Convention. And Wolf Blitzer made some remark about... He made some remark about being a, a he said I'm a rock and roll fan and he just said I'm a, he said you know and I was in a rock band in college and he made some reference to being in a band to being a rock singer somebody when he was in high school or something and Anderson Cooper just latched onto that and went back to it like a hundred times over the course of two or three days and every time he would reference it he would do it with this sort of smirk that only Anderson Cooper can really get right about Wolf Blitzer having been in a rock band 
and you could you could just see the sort of irritation bubbling up underneath the surface. And it was just a matter of time, I think, until Wolf Blitzer decided to punch him in the face. And then once the once the election was done, it's like I didn't see Wolf Blitzer ever again. It's like uh, it's a, he'd been he'd been taken care of. He'd been moved somewhere. So, but the thing about Larry King is he's just he's one of those guys that I think is fundamentally unflappable. You know what I mean? Because he's just so old and he's been doing it forever. Like I don't think you would ever hear Larry King have one of those Bill O'Reilly meltdowns because with Larry King would just sort of get. He would just get more rumpled and kind of low-key grumpy uh, about everything. So, all right. Well, I'm going to have to watch it to see if I can uh, spot that. Let's do uh, one more here, and then we'll get uh, caught up. A new FAA report on an incident involving the same type of plane operated by the same Colgan Air was involved in almost another crash. This happened on May 12th. It was a Colgan Air flight between Newark and Buffalo. They ran into problems on descent into Buffalo International Airport. A cell phone video, I guess that's the best they can do at this airline. A cell phone video. <laughs> we have a charcoal sketch of the crash. Shows a tire coming up as the plane landed. Uh, uh, a passenger saw smoke coming from wheel number three and alerted a flight attendant. Jesus. The FAA also says the end of the axle had broken off. Wait a minute. Allowing the axle nut <laughs> to, uh, to detach. It was missing its axle nut. This is going to be one of those days where everything is disproportionately funny to me. I blame the Doritos for this. Oh, I'm seriously. I have to go what find kind of Doritos. That. Gave you heartburn. They were those late night jalapeno popper Doritos, which I don't think you should be eating those before retiring. <laughs> Especially after get up at four o'clock in the morning. Why not have jalapeno Doritos yeah. before bedtime? And the thing with is, a glass of milk and, and, and a the, cookie. <laughs> the thing is, they only come in the one bag, which is huge. So you ate it's, the whole bag. Well, what am I going to do? N- not eat the whole bag? I'm an American, Tim. Well, I deserve true. I deserve things in the, the, the completely the, um, uselessly large sizes. So let's stop You're in for, for a wonderful day. We're just getting started here. Stop for just one second, and then I'm going to go drink some more Pepto Bismol and think about the error of my ways. And then a whole morning of office politics after the show. <laughs> what could be better for you? It's the best day ever, and it's only just begun. Um, so this this Colgate Air, or Colgan Air, or whatever. Yes. This isn't. Is this the one where they crashed and the black box had the pilots going like, "I pity the poor bastard that has to land this." Oh, it's us. It's like, look at all the ice forming on the windshield. Why? That's amazing. Now, what do you mean? But I thought, uh, had everyone perished? This isn't the plane where everybody. This uh, is not the one that crashed. It managed to land even though it lost its axle nut. Yes, this is a completely different. This plane. is a different flight. Oh, okay. Not all. Not all their flights crash. Some of them do land. You're sure about this? This one did. You want to go on the record with that? Right. This one did land. Because I was wondering about that statement where it says that one of the passengers alert one of the passengers alerted the stewardess to the fact that the wheel had come off, and I was wondering if everybody had, you know, if there were if there had been uh, no one who survived the crash, how it is that they knew that? And I was going to find that that was going to be a bit managed to land. All right. Well, there you go. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's five zero three two two eight four. 101. Maybe like a third of the bag would have been a good way to uh, to end the evening. Could have had the rest this morning, right? So I get ready to begin the show. It's 503 is the Rick Emerson Show. This is ACDC, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Rick Emerson Show. Not only is a killer, he was trolling for homosexuality online. Listen online, live or via podcast at KUFO.com. It 
It is the Rick Emerson Show, live from beautiful downtown Portland on Rock 101 KUFO. It is Wednesday morning. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. You can also text if you like. It's 520 uh, Coming up uh, later on today, we'll talk to the Oregonians. Peter Carlin. Oh, I've got... This just came out yesterday afternoon, I think. Uh, I got the uh, the new Weird Al Yankovic uh, single, which is fantastic. I heard it this morning. Oh, and do we have your letters from prison? Yeah. You're a big stack of... Wow, that's impressive. I have about, I think, nine of them. They're for both Lisa Wood and myself. I don't remember the, the last time show. I got a letter from somebody who was incarcerated. Tim, nope. when is the last time you get a letter from a listener who's in jail? Uh, when I used to work the country format. Well, that makes sense. I've had people calling me from jail and just out of jail before they got in trouble five minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yes. They were uh, they were between visits to the uh, to the local house of law? Yes. Excellent. No, it's kind of rad. Like people, They'll sit in their cells listening to... Uh, Lisa in my show on that is nights. rad. It is pretty cool, honestly. Like, and they'll they'll refer to their inmates, uh, you know, their um, roommates as their cellies. They'll be like, "My celly and I love listening to the punk show." <laughs> it's right. kind of cool. And they said that they have our back. There's something that's that's great. That's that's wonderful. That's exactly what you want to hear. Is that you're making a, is that you're making friends with people who will uh, who will soon be leaving, looking for a place to stay, maybe looking for some pocket change. A couple maybe, of them are coming up on parole pretty soon. Maybe looking for a sympathetic ear to listen to their plight. <laughs> Um, so what you should do is maybe just uh, go through some of those and try to find some of the uh, try to find some of the highlights, some of the key points. Sort of a window into the world of Sarah X. Dillon. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of they're all the letters like long and three pages, double sided. You know. Oh, you got lots examples. of time. That's the thing. Is mm-hmm. the, the, I would imagine pretty penmanship. Well, that's one of those. That's one of the skills they teach you. That's a trade, Sarah. That's right up there with learning how to make lipstick out of Kool Aid. Um, so I'm told. Let's pay a visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. Hundreds of jobs are on their way to a city close to Portland. Good morning, everyone. 527. Made ha- might have some drizzle early this morning, partly cloudy the rest of the day. Yes, Troutdale will become the city of tomorrow. They're going to have nearly 650 jobs available. When a FedEx hub is complete, construction is underway in the building, and traffic in the area expected to experience Slowdowns as road crews work to add lanes to relieve congestion there. Officials expect the hunt to be finished by July 2010, while road work will begin in July-August of this year. Drivers uh, can find more information at the ODOT website. Well, the man reported missing only to be away fishing may have made up with his wife, but police are still angry. Officials feel they wasted thousands of dollars searching for William Peterson, who actually wasn't missing at all. Police say they can't afford to waste money when their budget is tight, searching for people who aren't lost. His wife reported him missing after they had a little spat. Then he went fishing and camping and enjoyed himself. He came home this past Saturday and stated he left for longer than expected after an argument he had with his wife, but it was all her fault. A man police were looking for for vandalizing a public pool turned himself in after his mom forced him to do so. 19-year-old Ryan Mark Brockman Walked into the Carlton Police Station around 9 a.m. Tuesday morning to confess spray-painting the city pool the previous week. He told officers his mother recognized his handwriting from local news reports about vandalism and told him, march right over to the police department, young man, and he did. He lives next to the pool, which separate from the spray-painting. This is the, in the town of Carlton. Well, you know, this, I lived there for a while. It's a nice little town. Carlton is Carlton is one of those places which I don't know a whole lot about, but I know a disproportionate number of people who are who have spent time there at some uh, at some point. I in used their to existence. live behind the police station. It's a cinder block building, 
That's in City Hall. Where the Otis the drunk spends most of his days locked up. Yep, and you can stop by and hang around with the cops. Excellent. They have a lady cop who was married to the other cop. And, uh, yeah, you just stop in and hang around. And they have one main street with some little stores. It's nice. And this is where they've either, there either is no stoplight because everybody knows where everybody else is going, or they've put in a stoplight recently because they want to be like the big city folk. And if you're stopped by the cop and and they find out you're a resident of Carlton, they let you go. (laughs) Really? Mm Mm-hmm. It's like uh, it's like Lens East. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here is uh, Tim Riley. Uh, let's see what else do we have to do. Oh, I have to tell you about uh, John Wayne Gacy. Remember him? Yes. 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 <laughs> well, it's not about him. This is about John Hinckley Jr., the man who shot and wounded President Reagan in 1981. We'll be allowed to visit his mother's home in Virginia more Wait a often. Let's back up for a second. Why were we talking about John Wayne Gacy just now? Because I thought I had a story about him. Okay. But I was close. It's one nutcase named John being yeah. pretty much the same as another. That, right. uh, well, that was the first John that came to mind. Okay. Uh, this ruling was announced by Judge Paul Friedman yesterday. Judge Friedman said the 53-year-old John Hinckley Jr. can't obtain a Washington, D.C. driver's license. And he denied only a few requests. Hinckley's stays at his mother's house will be extended from six nights from now on. He'll also be able to work as a volunteer. For what? What? <laughs> Who wants John Hinckley as a volunteer? I volunteer to stock child prostitutes. Uh, the so let's let's back up yet again. This is John Hinckley Jr. the the president shooter. John Hinckley yes. Jr. I, uh, when so, Reagan was joking with the nurses way back when, up and around and conscious and witty as always. Mm-hmm. Tim leading the country through its darkest times. So John Hinckley Jr. is wait is he in prison or out of prison? No, he's in prison. He's in prison, but they're giving him a driver's license. Yeah, please to explain. The judge said he could have a driver's license. Wait, to where are you driving? To the canteen? To, Pardon to, me, I've got to drive over to cell block five. There's a guy there who needs rape. This is so he's able to work as a volunteer near his mother's <laughs> home. <laughs> okay. What? Dare to dream. So there... Somebody wants him to volunteer for something. Somebody will accept him as a volunteer. Doing what? I don't know. Well, I mean, there's always... We always need more voice tracking done. So, I mean, who's to say? I All right. Well, there you go. So... John Hinckley Jr. getting a driver's license. John Wayne Gacy, dead. John Wayne, also dead. Also this, one of you kids who makes the uh, wacky YouTube videos, somebody ought to remake. There ought to be, you know, it's like that Pride and Prejudice and Zombies uh, book that just came out where it's, uh, you know, where it's, what is Mark Darcy, but, but he's, I don't know, staggering around looking for brains or something. Somebody ought to remake, like, I don't know, like, uh, like the Flying Leathernecks or the Sands of Iwo Jima, but starring John Wayne Gacy. And then every scene would just end with, uh, you know, with a guy being, uh, you know, with a guy being stabbed with a garden trowel. Never mind. Here's Tim Riley. Mm-hmm. You were speaking of voice work a yes. minute ago. Well, I have a story about voices. Job hunters often put a lot of work into expanding their skills or education in order to improve their resume, but most do not even consider the possibility of working to improve the voice. Vocal coach Linda Septian said, "The sound of your voice gives others an impression of you." about who you are and could increase your chances of getting a job. Your voice is the foremost uh, presentation prior to ever seeing anything else, and especially on the phone. Take uh, Rebecca Whaley, for instance. She said her speaking voice often leads to misunderstanding. A lot of times I'll get questions like, What are you wearing? Or is something bothering you? Or I can't read you. Can you just keep talking for a little while? Doesn't really matter much. Much what about? Uh, Bill Faley said his voice has led to some embarrassing moments. I've had people, when I've made a phone call, say, uh, like maybe to a customer service department or something like that, they'll say, 
yes, ma'am, uh, just a minute. And I'm like, do I sound like a woman on the phone? <laughs> now put on this lipstick Kool-Aid. I'm doing this. Uh, vocal coach Linda Septian said the best way to improve one's voice is to read to children. And who wouldn't want to do that? When you understand just how to be kind of a DJ telling a, a story to a child, a lot of that will get uh, the inflections right. It will also get them to quit um, bearing down on sound and mumbling. All right. Well, first of all, I, this, it's too many thoughts here for me to really, really keep track of them all. A, this sounds astonishingly like that commercial, that network commercial that used to just run on every radio station in the country. Where that guy would come on and he'd say, people judge you by the words you use. And yes. when you speak, they can judge your background, your intelligence, even your education. This sounds a lot like that. Secondly, the woman that you played at the top who said that uh, people were constantly asking her if she was okay or if she was having perhaps an emotional lady day sounds a lot like uh, this woman named Myrna Lamb. And Myrna Lamb used to do, she was kind of this Dr. Laura of an earlier age, and she had this voice that I can only describe as sounding like talcum powder. And it was uh, it was quite seductive in this sort of uh, strange tell-me-about-your-mother kind of a way because that was her deal. She would sit there and people would call up with, with, with all of their problems. And she always sounded like she was really deeply invested in whatever you were saying. And you realize that she probably could not have cared less about whatever your personal ailments or issues were. But she always manifested this, I don't know, what seemed to be a very sincere interest in you. And it was just because she spoke really softly. And that's when I figured out, I mean, and that was that was some time ago. And I figured out that if you just talk kind of softly like this, and if you just slow down occasionally and... Put pauses between some of your words. It does wonders for making you sound sincere. I mean, you don't need to be sincere. You don't even really need to feign it all that well. It's like instant. Uh, it, it, it's like instant seriousness. Secondly, that other guy you played who says that he's constantly mistaken for a woman. Do you have sound kind of ladylike? But see, I was going to say that. I mean, I don't know what kind of women you're dealing with. I have had people when I've made a phone call, say, uh, like maybe to a customer service department or something like that. They'll say, "Yes, ma'am, uh, just a minute." And I'm like, do I sound like a woman on the phone? I mean, unless you're talking about like a school bus driver who chain smokes Pall Malls all well, the time. Well, he sounds kind of like an like an older like Southern lady. Well, I suppose. Lady. All right, let's do uh, like sort of a Jessica Jessica Tandy kind of. There vibe. you go. All right, let's do uh, one more here. Well, these new uh, digital TV uh, signals aren't working as well as people hoped. Apparently, there are a lot of dead spots around for the uh, Portland television stations, and a lot of TV stations around the country are finding out. Their predicted uh, coverage isn't anywhere near as good as it should be. So there there are new dead spots that the analog signals used to reach that the new digital uh, signal does not. Uh, some signals aren't even covering the entire city. Uh, one TV station in Boston has just found out that their digital signal doesn't cover all of Boston. <laughs> oh, I'm still so getting like four channels. So if you're in the parking lot, though, you're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you're actually sitting out back of the television station, well, you're getting, but isn't it? So I'm getting the CW. It's the CW and like three Spanish channels, right? right? The, Spanish the channels. low-powered analog signals are not affected by it. They don't have to do that if they're low-powered. All right, so this is so you've got. I this... watched Jerry Springer crystal clearly this morning. Well, that's that's really all you need. That's all I need. You know what? All I need is some yelling and some "Who's the Daddy?" You get that in the Tyra morning. and you're uh, you're going to be fine. I am very happy. Excellent. Well, this is how is that possible though? If it's oh, because I'm thinking of cable though. Because this, this isn't because this isn't this is like over a the air. cable. This is a digital over the air signal. Yeah, see, this is a, the, the whole issue that I don't have to deal with. I'm uh, I'm glad because it's this, some newfangled thing. Well, just this, this taxes just my tiny human brain. I can barely comprehend uh, how to turn the television on sometimes. 
though. I have officially reached that point in my life. I caught myself doing this the other day where I was trying to adjust something on my, you know, because I've got the, the, the kind of the home theater set up at home where everything goes through this one big black box and then gets spat out to go into seven speakers, which are sort of, you know, very carefully uh, arranged in my living room. And I was trying to adjust some setting with like the equalizer, like there was too much bass or there was not enough treble or there was, I don't know, there's like the, um, like the surround sound had been turned on somehow and it had turned off. But just doing that thing where I was standing in front of the stereo and kind of squinting my eyes and looking at it and realizing that I had no idea which series of buttons to press. And then I did the second old guy thing. The first thing is squinting at it. And the second thing is just starting to jab buttons randomly, figuring that eventually, like the law of averages dictates, that I will hit the right combination of switches and it will magically do whatever I need it to do. So it's fantastic. Straight ahead, we have more news from Tim Riley coming up uh, next hour. Singing and radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins will join us. Also, Jim Roop talking Octomom. This is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Now broadcasting everywhere. At all times. To everyone. In accordance with prophecy. The Rick Emerson Show. Live or via podcast at KUFO.com. Indeed, it is the Rick Emerson Show, live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It's 503-228-4101. Still ahead today, we've got the uh, new Weird Al Yankovic single. And I've only heard, I heard about the first 45 seconds of it. Enough to know that it's uh, genius. So I will be hearing the rest of it at the same time as everyone else. Um, Excellent. Let's pay a visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. A man shot at a mountain lion that turned out to be a camper. Now, this is one reason why I'll never go camping. Because the woods are full of criminals and people running around shooting each other. I don't think there's a safe place to go to, to camp anywhere. An historian man who shot a fellow camper has pled no contest to an assault charge. The DA says 27-year-old Troy Buggenion will be sentenced to five years in prison. He also has to pay the victim's medical bills, which exceed $100,000. This happened at a campground September 15th along the Nehalem River. The guy heard some wrestling in the brush and thought he was about to be attacked by a mountain lion, so he fired a rifle ten times, ten times, not just once striking Benjamin McCauley of Astoria in the head, neck, and chest. And he's recovered. Well, as much as can be expected after being shot ten times. After somebody thinks you're a mountain lion. What did it, I mean, apart from, quote, rustling the, the brush, what did he do to indicate that he might be a mountain lion? I don't did know. Did he snarl in some way or perhaps... Uh... Maybe he said, stop shooting. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I would if I were shot ten times. Stop. Ten <laughs> times is enough. Ow, please. But I mean... I guess what I'm saying is what what is it he did exactly to give off the aura of a mountain lion? Or was it just that he did the guy immediately jump to, hey, it's a cougar waiting for me in the shrubs? Probably. All right. Uh, They think alcohol may have played a part in this. That's hard to believe. So why not go camping? It's full of family fun. You 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 hear these stories. People at these campgrounds. You wonder about these guys that get shot in the head. And then are recovering. Mm. And then that's always in the newspaper right next to a story about a guy who just, uh, you know, is walking through his kitchen at home on his way to get some, uh, you know, he's on his way to, uh, you know, to get like an apple. And he trips on a footstool and hits his head on the ground. is just, you know, dead. 
And then there's this guy who gets shot, quote, 10 times, including in the face, head, and chest, and is recovering and is, uh, you know, expected to be out of the hospital within a few days. Well, all the stuff going on in Iran, it's hard to say what's really happening because we have such a good record of being cooperative with them through the years. But apparently, one thing is for sure, reporters are having a difficult time pronouncing the name of the Iranian president, Mahmoud Armidajan. So Heidi says... The U.S. president downplaying the differences between the incumbent Mahmoud Ahmadinejad... Iranian President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad... Ahmadinejad. President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad... President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad... Ahmadinejad... Mahmoud Ahmadinejad... President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad... Ahmadinejad... I was saying... Just to mess with your head. That was awesome and made me feel kind of crazy. Here's the thing about that guy's name is that there's... I mean, I understand the different letters are pronounced differently in different sections of the world and in different cultures, but there is no, there's no letter at the beginning of that name that has a K sound to it at all. It just goes, it just goes right from the A to the H to the M with no stop at a C, a Q, or a K anywhere. So when they say that Akhmadenejad, it's the K that throws me off, the Ak part. Mm-hmm. Because there's really, there's, there's no place, if you look at that guy's name, there's nowhere that a, that a K sound could conceivably be coming from. It's uh, it, that'd be, it's like the opposite of a silent letter. It is, uh, it is in fact the sound of a letter that isn't even there. You know, we're quickly uh, approaching the point where we're going to be forced to assassinate that leader of North Korea. He's just becoming more and more troublesome as <laughs> the day goes on. The official uh, position of CBS and we, News. And we can give that country to, so- to, to South Korea, so the whole peninsula will now be South Korea, and North Korea will be missing. That'll be sort of well. That'll be just our change one word. That'll be our. our uh, our apology for uh, you know for all of the trouble they had to go through in the Korean War. Look, I know it's a little bit delayed, but uh, how would you like the other half of your country? That's great. And also, here's some knives. Well, General Cartwright has asked if we can shoot down a North Korean missile. This is not scientific, but we're dealing in at least probably another three to five years. Minimum. Asking my permission. What are the percentages that we're going to be able to hit it and bring it down? What would you tell them? Ninety percent plus. Go for it. It's fine. All, been, of them. all of us vote yes, by the way. All right. It is 503-228-4101. Uh, coming up in the next hour, ladies and gentlemen, we'll have uh, part of the new Weird Al Yankovic single, as well as CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins coming up uh, in the 7 o'clock hour. Mystery guest. This is Rock 101 KUFO. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. And show live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Can you sweeten my mic ever so slightly? Uh, oh, by the way, the uh, the ratings are in that uh, True Blood uh, season debut. HBO's second season premiere of vampire drama True Blood, says this article, earned a series record setting 3.7 million viewers, making it the most watched program on the network since the Sopranos finale. Uh, two years ago, so and that was and it was up against the last uh, game of the NBA Finals too, which is what makes that even more impressive. And here's the thing about that True Blood show: How did you even know it was the last game of the NBA Finals? I know stuff. I'm not allowed to have layers. Rick Emerson, <laughs> you don't, sports is not one of your layers. How, you know, there's a, I'm a man of mystery, Sarah. I'm a man. Of, I'm a panoply of unfolding facets. Okay. No, seriously, I, uh, how did you know? 
I read it somewhere. Okay. I think somebody sent me an email about it. Uh, but the thing about that True Blood show is, here's the thing about True Blood. Not unlike Dexter, you watch it and you realize two things. One, this show is awful. Two, I'm going to keep watching this show and I'm not going to miss any of it. I'm never going to miss an episode and I will watch it repeatedly. And it, the, and the thing is, it even makes me appreciate people that I don't really care for, like that what's-her-name Anna Paquin uh, chick who I don't typically like. And she was in the, the what, the, the piano or whatever it was? Wasn't that the thing where she was like five? She won some Oscar for being in the piano when she was... Is she the girl who's in... Um, and she's an almost famous... Almost famous with the spaced out teeth? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yes, she, yes, she has the big... Uh, she has the big picket fence teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's in that and she plays uh, this like trashy southern waitress chick who's psychic or whatever. I did, but... I typically find her just th- th- vaguely off-putting in a sort of irritating sense. She irritates she me, seems, too. She seems like a really clingy, high-maintenance girlfriend that you'd try to get rid of and were never really able successful, you know, successfully able to dump. Um, but she's really good in the show. And then the girl that plays her best friend, who is a uh, – she, she plays a barmaid, is um, – she's really great. And the show always has they, – they do this weird thing where they will have – They'll have the uh, they have that kind of twilight moment where everything sort of slows down, and she will look over her shoulder because she'll sense that like her special vampire man is in the room. Does she start to sparkle? And it man, it walks no, it, but it walks right up to the level of self parody where you know she'll be saying. So anyway, I said I'm just gonna have some corn on the cob, and then and all of a sudden you'll hear like the tinkling of wind chimes. Oh god, and it's sort of like. Oh, sort of a sound, and she'll turn around, she'll look over, and the door to the diner will be opening. Like, will it blow open? <laughs> yes, yes, it will. And even though it's, you know, like 11 o'clock at night, he'll be backlit, and he'll walk in, and there's this sort of moonlight streaming over his shoulders, and then you just have, like, the weird kind of uh, gothic-y Anne Rice sort of music playing in the background, and then it'll speed up to regular time again, and she'll say something like, would you like a tab? Uh, so it's... the. I mean, it's a show almost completely without artistic merit, but once you start watching it, you will be unable to... No, you uh, said that I could borrow season one from you. After when I'm done, yeah, you could... Abs- yeah, you could um, I'm watching season one uh, all the way through. I'm power-loading that all this week. Okay. And then you can watch it. Season one is... It's uh, it's not unlike those jalapeno uh, Dorito things I had last night, where you just sort of intend uh, to have uh, part of the bag, and then the whole thing is just uh, gone. Tim Riley's tracking the following stories on this Wednesday morning. A new study shows fish have enough of a brain to be treated like humans. Lindsay Lohan is involved in a topless Twitter. Levi Johnston has hired a Hollywood manager slash bodyguard combo. Excellent. Straight ahead, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins uh, will join us today from The Hill. Coming up at uh, 7.20, it is Mystery Guest. I'm sorry, 7 o'clock? Yes, and I just confirmed the Mystery Guest. All right, so a Mystery Guest coming up at uh, 7 o'clock. Do I get any information about them this time? No, because you've been so cocky about it. You said you could just you could do it on your own with just the name. It's not that I could do it on my own, Sarah. It's that I have been doing it uh, all. It, I've been doing it on my own without uh, without any information to speak okay, of. Okay, so when do Greg and I get to tell the people who it is? Well, I don't know. Maybe in this segment before like six forty or something. Okay. And then the mystery guest is seven. And all I'm gonna now am I gonna get their uh, like their website or whatever they're they're selling? Um, what we were gonna do, I think, is we were going to give you the name at the beginning, and then um at the end, like when the, when the interview is wrapping up, we'll give you the person's uh. Yeah, whatever they're going to be selling. So if, I, so if they're pitching something, I'll get that as the interview's happening. Yes. You'll hand that to me. Well, no, not not during the interview because you said you could just do it with a name. So we'll give All it right. as, as you know, the bell goes um, and you've passed minute three, then I'll give you. Then I'll be website. able to push their book or whatever. So I'm just going to get the I'm just going to get the name of the person and I got to do the three minute the, the three minute interview. And they, but they are under the impression that I know that I know all about them. Yes. All right. Well, not all about them, but um, the, 
that you were interested in knowing all about them. Well, I'm well, I am, Sarah. I'm interested in people in general. I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm gonna see if your, you know, if your cockiness can pay off. <sighs> I think we know the answer to that. Uh, this is the Rick Emerson Radio Show. Now broadcasting everywhere at all times to everyone in accordance with prophecy. The Rick Emerson Show. Live or via podcast at KUFO.com. All right, then. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program, live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It's 503-228-4101. Thank you for joining us. Coming up here in just a moment, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins will be on the program. 7 o'clock, mystery guest. And then at uh, 7.20, Jim Roop, who, uh, when we last spoke with him, he was battling, I don't know, some sort of weird... I get the feeling his insides were just liquefying uh, somehow. Some sort of uh, ailment that was making him sound not altogether dandy. Nor fine. So uh, we'll uh, see what is up in his world. He'll be uh, talking about Octomom v. Allred, which is, I think, a thing that's going to be extended for some time in the popular culture. By the way, before we go to the news desk, here's the most terrifying headline in today's Oregonian. This is on page B3. This is the How We Live section. I don't know what this article is about. I mean, I I guess I, I kind of know because the headline has some keywords in it. But I couldn't really explain anything beyond the initial rush of words here. It just says... I'm not making this up. It just says, I mean, this is horrifying. I I don't even know what would happen in this story that would cause this headline to exist. It says, surgery for obesity melts bones, too. Mm. <laughs> See, as soon as I got to melt bones. You can barely even burn bones, let alone melt Sarah them. just started clutching her arms to her chest as how though. You, how about if you put them in the microwave? No, that just heats them. I've tried. How do your bones melt? That goes back. That goes back to our John Wayne Gacy discussion of uh, of last hour. All that happens then, Tim, is the bones get a they get a singeing, and then it's like that popcorn in the office that some guy makes and just stinks up the whole joint for like a day. At the uh, news desk, it is your personal savior, the one and only Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is six twenty-three. Expect a little drizzle this morning. Cloudy the rest of the day, highs in the 70s. There are new details about the Portland cop charged with making harassing phone calls. Prosecutors claim 28-year-old Joseph Wilde made sexually explicit calls to three ladies attending the police academy. He's charged with making 60 of such calls. His bail set at $132,600. And he's even accused of making such calls to a 16-year-old rape victim. Lawmakers are considering banning talking and texting while driving. If it passes, you could be fined up to 90 bucks. Oregon will join uh, California and several other states that have passed similar bans if this happens. Well, I know in uh, Washington right now, you can't. Is it just is it all of Washington State or is it just Vancouver? I think it's all of Washington, no, but you can't. All of Washington. You can't be on a uh, handheld cell phone. It's all of Washington, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, I guess you could use a handheld cell phone as long as you're on the, like the, the earpiece thing. Well, like, you, you can't, can't be holding it up to your head. Offense. See, is that the case, or is that a thing they can pull you over for? I I believe it's a secondary offense. Like if you're speeding and on your phone, then they can tick you for the you know, phone but, as well. Here's the thing. 
thing. The, the, like, if they see you talking on your phone, I mean, that becomes a primary. I mean, I'm, look, I'm not trying to accuse the police officers of corruption. I'm just saying if that's a thing they want to ticket you for, they'll find another reason to oh, pull yeah. you no, over. That's totally just baiting because, them. Well, yeah, because that's totally what it is. That's totally like sticking it in their face. Like, look at me, the man. I'm talking on my phone. What are you going to do about it? Oh, crap. And then they just, and then they find one of those, uh, you know, the, the you did not uh, signal. Like, oh, your headlight's out. Bam. <laughs> or just the, uh, you know, you didn't signal the lane change, the full 50 yards ahead of the light. That'll be that'll be the thing. The th- Here's the deal with texting, though. Like, I, I have no quarrel with, I have no quarrel with saying that you, th- 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 like, you can't be texting while you're driving. And here's the reason I say that, because, and I will fully cop to this, that I catch myself doing that from time to time. And even as I'm doing it, in my head, I'm already playing this scenario out to the end where they're, like, peeling me out of some guy's grill. Uh, you know, because, you know, like, I I have no problem with talking on the phone, even if whether you have the headset or not. I mean, like, if you are incapable of driving a car while speaking on a cell phone, the state really ought to reexamine whether you should be given a driver's license at all. That's just my assessment. But I will do that thing sometimes if I'm driving and I've got one hand on the wheel and then I'm looking at because there is because you don't have the voice activated cell phone where you could be like a uh, text Tim Riley something. And then I, you know, and and then I say, Please don't do that. <laughs> well, not you personally, Tim. I know how to answer yes or no. And it takes me about a half an hour. I sent a text uh, to our friend Bruce a couple weeks ago, and it was like it was like I had sent him Egyptian hieroglyphs. <laughs> Clutched in the beak of of an eagle that came down his chimney and that needed to be fed a series of intricately uh, segment, you know, sequenced pine nuts uh, before he could figure out what the message was. I mean, it was really it was like it was a completely different language wrapped inside a, a different language wrapped inside a thing. I mean, he was, he was people totally perplexed by it. I, I just haven't embraced the the blueberry culture yet. So I might get one someday. My mom, I just taught her how to text message, and now it's relentless. Like, she'll text message my sister and I all the time. No, see, that's the thing. You can't let your parents figure out how to do that. It's just like Lara's mom got Facebook, and immediately Lara's like, that's it, I'm done. And she just canceled her Facebook account. Oh, really? Well, no, because, you, you, because like, it, does Facebook... Yeah, it would be weird to have my mom on Facebook. Oh, no, it's, well, it's like, coming. I love her. I don't... I don't... I'm really glad she's not interested in that kind of stuff. Oh, like it's not important to her. Here's the thing, but she'll have a student clue her in at some point, and the student will say something because she's a teacher, and the student will say something to your mom like, well, none of this is a great way. You know, I use this to keep in touch with my mom. And then your mom is going to be, you know, bing, and the light bulb will go on. Let me ask you this about my Facebook. Mom's, my mom's great, though, because she doesn't want to know a lot of the things that my sister and I get ourselves into. <laughs> All she has to do is listen to the program. Exactly. She doesn't listen to the show. She doesn't want to. She doesn't look at our, like, MySpace or Facebook pages. If you send somebody a Facebook message, can you tell if they've read it? Because in MySpace, you can. If you send someone in a MySpace, MySpace can, I don't think you can in Facebook. It doesn't say, like, has been read. Because that's the, the that's the thing that Lara got rid of. The, the, that's why she got rid of Facebook. Because her, her deal was, if my mom sends me a message, she's going to know if I've read it. And if I if I haven't read it, then she'll start calling. And she'll nag me over the phone, and you know, until I answer the phone, and then she'll want to know why I haven't read the message. Like, she'll be, it'll be, a, it'll be kind of a passive thing about why aren't you opening my mail. If Lara does read the, the, the Facebook message... And or you know, and doesn't respond, then it's going to be a whole thing of why didn't you respond? So I mean, she just doesn't want her mom to be able to know when she's being ignored. That's kind of the deal. Anyway. Well, well, the bad thing about all this Facebook stuff is, you used to be able to get away with the excuses. I haven't heard from them in years. I have no idea where to find them. <laughs> you can't do that anymore. Nope, there's no escaping the Facebook. No, I'm sorry. I just uh, no, I've been unreachable. No, my phone was turned off. I uh, no, I was. Uh, I have to go home and wait for a call. <laughs> I've had lockjaw. I haven't been able to speak. I'm sorry. I'd... No, no, no. My hands were cut off too. No, I. Uh, no, I can't even hold a stick in my teeth. The lockjaw and all. 
No, I can't. No, there's there's no way I can communicate with you. No, there's there's no way to get away with that now. But my final uh, thought here that we'll talk to a CNN radio correspondent, uh, Lisa Desjardins, is that every now and again, though, I will be driving down the road and I will something will come up and I will have to get a hold of somebody. And I don't. But it's that battle of like convenience and urgency. Like I have to convey some information, but I really don't want to talk to them. So I will find myself texting and while part of my brain is texting, the other part of my brain is fast-forwarding to the end of the day where I'm going to be in the intensive care unit. And they're going to be asking me how it happened, and I'm going to lie and say that, I don't know, the accelerator stuck, and then that other Derrigold truck came out of nowhere. And then they will uncover the texting records, and they'll find out that it's because I was sending like a, you oh, yeah, be like there the later. Think That's totally what it's going to be. So. Welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. CNN Radio correspondent from the Hill, uh, Lisa Desjardins. Hello, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you guys? I'm uh, I'm fantabulous. Hey, let me ask you this. Do you have a Facebook account? And if so, does your family all know where it is? I do have a Facebook account, and my Facebook family knows. Like, the, my dad and mom are nowhere to be found on Facebook. All right. But, uh, you know, sister, nieces, those guys all know. All right. So, it's, so you're not having to – so this isn't a thing where you can be uh... – uh, you know, where you can be sort of stalked by relatives that you're trying to avoid. Right. No, no. I, I, you know, I think they, they could they could definitely find me. And my cousin in New York found me on Facebook. But I will say, again, I get, a, you know, Facebook requests, and I have a very firm rule about who I friend. And it is only people with whom I've had a drink. <laughs> Good for you. Is that, that is a, And that's a it's, physical drink. That's not one of those weird Facebook-like Right, not, Bob Costantini not, has sent you a Jaeger bomb. Right, Facebook drinks are not actual drinks. Yeah, no, it could be coffee, whatever. But it's it's somebody that I've, or or someone I knew in high school because I didn't really drink anything in high school. Excellent. You just drank sadness. I did. I really. I think I, I think I lived off of like a can of Coke a day. You you that drank was the di- only liquid that I actually had in high school. Drank diet tab and isolation. Right. <laughs> All right. Um, hey, so it, it says here on the CNN prep sheet, I'm just going to quote this directly. It says, you've heard President Obama talk about health care. I don't believe I actually have heard him talk about health care, but maybe that's just because I've been busy watching that True Blood series. So uh, yeah. if I let's pretend for the moment that I had heard him speak about health care, would it have been something that was a inspiring, b angering, c frustrating or d uh, tedious enough that I would have changed the channel back to the vampire show? If you don't take my health, uh, I think you'd give him a few minutes, and then you'd be done. Is this going to make my? Let, let's, let's just skip to the bottom of the page here. Are things yeah. going to get any better, or are we going to be talking about this same suck in like five years? We'll probably be talking about a different problem. It'll be healthcare. But there'll be a whole different piece of it that that will continue. Some of it will change. A lot of it may not. Because this was uh, this was sort of the, the this was the quagmire that consumed the Clinton administration, yeah. like right out of the gate. Because yeah. they handed yeah. this over to Hillary Clinton, who got in front of Congress and started uh, shrieking as is her want about she was going to change everything. And I think she discovered what all politicians discover when they get into that office. Which is that things are much, much more intractable than they appear. It's much harder. And she, you know, she said, listen, we've got to change, revolutionize the system. We're going to completely overhaul it. And she came up with her plan really kind of in secret at the White House and just had uh, this one group that she was meeting with and formulated a plan. And, you know, everyone in Congress felt like they didn't have a role. So that was problem number one, that she really didn't have a lot of people on board the plan. She felt like it was, this is a genius idea. This is what we need to do. And some people, many people still feel that about her plan. But, you know, she really didn't get anybody on board. And it was 
revolutionary. It was so different from the current plan that she ran into a ton of problems. Now, President Obama's kind of striking more of a middle road here. He he wants, instead of having the federal government handle all health insurance, he just wants one new agency that offers you the option of federal government health insurance at a lower cost. And the idea is that that would compete with private insurers, bring the cost down, all of that. But it would, it would cost taxpayers money. He says it would help insure all millions of people who are not on health insurance now. But the truth is, this is all coming down this week. This is when they're really starting to roll up the sleeves and, and figure out how do we pay for this, what do we want here in the Senate. And the, their first attempt at this, Rick, their first bill that they came out with last week, a partial bill, it didn't look so good for Democrats. The folks that, the, you know, the number crunchers looked at it and said this bill would um, change the number of uninsured. It would be 50 million people without insurance. That's where we're headed. And this bill would, you know, help 17 million of them, which is not really not what Democrats want. So just a percentage of the uninsured, and it would cost a trillion dollars. Well, let's... At that cost, it's like $60,000 per person. Let's leave aside what the Democrats Sorry. want. Let's talk about what Rick Emerson wants here for a moment. Uh, okay. You know what I want? I want to never again have to sit through any speech where uh, some politician talks about the the so the private uh, health insurance account, which is just a completely mystifying concept. I mean, the whole thing is just, it, it puzzles and angers me every time I hear someone talk about, what we're going to do is we're going to set up private accounts for your health insurance because it immediately makes me fatigued because it just sounds way too complicated. No, we don't. Don't you? Do you have one now? Do you have like a health care savings? Like you put money from your, uh, you know, your paycheck and it's just a big pool of money for health care stuff. And didn't we talk about like LASIK surgery? Can't LASIK surgery be paid for by this? I don't know. Uh, Tim, do I have something I... I ask as though Tim were my CPA. Tim, do I have a thing, like an account into which I put money? No. For, no, I don't. You have Lisa. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I am bereft of all of all investment strategies. Because um, I, I also do not have this account, but many my friends look at me like I'm crazy that I don't because a lot of companies offer you the ability to take money out of your paycheck before it's taxed to go into this healthcare account. You can use it for whatever, cold medicine, any kind of health thing. Well, let's just, look, I mean, it, it, crazy is all relative. At least you didn't have to turn and ask uh, like Dick Uliano or something if you had such an account. <laughs> hey, Dick. <laughs> Excellent. Hey, uh, real quickly, final final note here. Uh, this is I don't I forget what the thing is called in Harry Potter, but Sarah, maybe you remember. There's in the Harry Potter series, uh, there's um, there's that mirror that you can look into, and it's the mirror that shows you whatever it is you most desire, mm -hmm. and it's like the, the mirror one that Harry became obsessed with. Yeah, because it shows him and his parents. Right, and I, it's got like the mirror of it's not like the mirror of desire, but that, that's what it is. It's like the mirror of something or other, or the oracle of. Blah blah blah, but it's hundreds of people are messaging you right now with the answer. This is um, so yeah, and that's the thing. By the way, sometimes I'll say like, don't text me. Don't. Mirror of Arise. No, that's no, that's wrong. Okay, I think that's a, I think that's the fourth Maiden album. The it's right after Power Slave. The yeah, sometimes I'll say don't text me, don't email me, don't call me with the answer. This is not one of those times because I really want to know because it's going to bug me. But there's that mirror you can look into in the Harry Potter series, and whatever it is your heart most wants, that is what you will see. And so Harry looks in there and he sees himself with his his parents who are in the mirror anyway, not dead. They are still alive and blah blah blah. Actually, that is the name of it because it's desire backwards. The mirror of a rise. Oh, I see. Yeah. You're Irisad. There you go. <laughs> All right, nerd. So Barack Obama seems to be that, uh, as far as presidents go, because it was like last week he came out of the gate and this is the administration, despite everything he was saying during the campaign, they were upholding this this so-called Defense of Marriage Act, which is the you know the thing that you know the mar marriage is for breeders only, and then 
But then, like today, I think they they announced that they're going to announce um, that same-sex partners of federal employees are going to get benefits. So it sort of seems to be that is sort of whatever side of the equation one might be on. You can look at the Obama administration and see what you like. I, th- I think that's true. I think I will say though, gay activists have been a little nervous. They've said, you know, when is he going to do something, uh, you know, tangible for our community? Because they clearly recorded by the Obama campaign. But remember, President Obama is against gay marriage per se. But here he is. You're right. He's giving a federal domestic partner benefits, which is a big deal. The federal health care plan is pretty sweet. So you know, that's that that's good for the gay. I mean, that might you know. Might make people who are on the fence about being gay say, "All right, I'm in." By the, <laughs> I was just going to flip a coin, but uh, now I'm, that's been obviated. All right, and by the way, I've gotten like 75 text messages uh, in the last 30 seconds about this. All right, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. There you go. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Rick Emerson Cavalcade of Whimsy. Coming up at 7 o'clock, mystery guest at 7.20, Jim Roop. Uh, 8 o'clock, Peter Carlin from the Oregonian. And you are just moments away from uh, Tim Riley at the news desk. This is Nirvana from Nirvana Unplugged, live in New York, the man who sold the world. One-stop shopping for all your cult-like devotion. It's like if let loose, they would kill you or leave you behind to die in a blizzard. Do it now. All right, thanks. Thanks. Thanks for saying that. It is the Rick Everson Show. We are live from Portland. It's Rock 101 KUFO Wednesday morning. Thank you for joining us. Coming up at 7 o'clock, mystery guest. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Now, are you excited because you think I might fail this time? Oh, I know you're going to fail. Define fail. Okay, so you said that you are so overly confident that we've given you way too much information. Here's what I've said. This is just so we can clarify this. The past few installments of Mystery Guest, which is where you've given me their name and and uh, and th- like a one-line description of who they are, mm-hmm. like 30 seconds beforehand, and then I got to do a three-minute interview, but they think I sort of am up to speed. In other words, they don't know that it sort of and, sprung on me. And you're They're, right. You, it has been a little easy for you. You're, you're a pretty decent... I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm not trying to be a jerk about it. I'm just saying I think I've done fairly well. Uh, I think I have acquitted myself admirably and with aplomb, as they say, as I say, about me, Rick Emerson. So the, the, that's all. That's the only point I'm making. And so you feel like the, the, we're at a point where the information needs to be stripped down to just the bare minimum, their name? That's I, fine. Rick Emerson is saying he'll take you up on that. I feel like you're a professional. If I all give right. you a name, you know, I think you'll be able to figure it out. And just FYI, I was saying that for the first, like, like from five to six, the first hour of the show, I kept, do you ever do that thing where you have, you drink some coffee or you're, in my case, the... Viso or whatever, and you still feel so asleep. You're trying to figure out if you've actually if you've had decaf or something by mistake. You're going, Did I drink decaffeinated coffee? And then you're wondering how that would have happened. And there's no real way to check. Like you can't cut yourself open and count the rings like a tree to see how much coffee you had. So the, your only choice is to either punt and just play through the pain and the, in my case the grogginess, or have more coffee. Mm-hmm. Realizing though that if you didn't drink decaf the first time around and you drink more coffee, then you're going to have that irritable caffeine uh, intake, and that's just no good. Then you're going to have but that the answer too is much. always more coffee. How can you yeah. be irritated on such a day like so, this? So yeah, sort of like so. We're just saying it's almost seven o'clock now, which uh, you know and it helps uh, when I spend the first hour kind of going and just trying to wake up. And I'm don't get me wrong. About Doritos. Here's the thing. I was going to say, don't get me wrong. They're really good, but I blame I blame my, my early morning fatigue today. Not even the fact that it's early morning. I blame it on the fact that I had that like half pound of Dorito jalapeno popper things. Seriously, it's gross just talking about it. Yeah, it's gross thinking about it. I mean, they're great, but ugh. 
And then Tim and then Tim was swishing his coffee around in his coffee cup as we came back from the break. And I was lamenting the same thing. I was just saying, man, I feel so I feel so much better than I did at the five o'clock hour. I felt so asleep this morning. And Tim goes, yes. And when you drink coffee out of this, it looks like you're drinking from a toilet bowl. And then he just stared at me. (laughs) Well, these new Chinese cups that are wrapped in newspaper. What am I hearing? A certain thing in Harry Potter. I think this is a uh, all right. This is a caller that we have. I've 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 uh, queued up this caller, and I didn't I didn't know he was going to be in speaking. Hold hold on, just one second, sir. I'm sorry, Tim. Chinese cups. Yeah, they're they're wrapped in newspaper. I know, they're really quality. leaky. Really? Is that is that what they're packed in? I don't know what they're made out of. I mean, they're barely made out of paper. With <laughs> a hint of ink with your uh, with your morning cup. All right, hello, sir, madam, is the case maybe. How can I help you today? Hello. 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 Hi. Yes. How can I help you, sir? Hi, I wanted to explain the Harry Potter thing. Of course you did. How can I? Uh, what? This is the this is the mirror discussion. Please to explain the Harry Potter uh, mirror, sir. Oh yeah, the mirror is called the mirror of Arisad, which is desire backwards. You yes. had it right first time. It is desire, but it's spelled backwards. And uh, where is it? is this present in all of the various Harry Potter books, or is this just in the latter few books? It's presented in the very first one in the Sorcerer's Stone, and that's how Harry actually gets a hold of the Sorcerer's Stone. Is this because he visualizes himself knowing where the stone is, and then he sees it? And only those pure of heart could truly use the power of the mirror or something like that. Awesome. Excellent. Thank you, my friend. Are you excited for Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, the film? Oh, yes. I can't wait. All right. Thank you for listening, sir. You spread the word. All I'm not going to do it. Ladies and gentlemen at the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. Awesome. In the news with Tim Riley. I love that guy. That was incredible. Good morning, everyone. It is 6.50. Expect a little drizzle this morning, partly cloudy the rest of the day. Highs in the 70s. Mayor Adams, Mayor Sam Adams, could lose both his North Portland homes after falling behind on his mortgages. Oh, it's a bad year for Sam Adams. His honor is $10,000 behind on his payments. Both houses are located side-by-side in Kenton. You know where that area is, next to the strip club and the big lumberjack statue. That's where he lives. He lives in one, rents the other. How could this happen? He lives near a strip club and a lumberjack statue? Yeah, the dancing bears right Mm -hmm. across from the lumberjack. That's uh, the Kenton section of town. Oh, I didn't... I don't think I've ever... You've never been to the Dancing Bear? I... Okay, let's Kenton back up. Kenton is the, the gateway to St. John's. <laughs> it is. No, it's just every time you say gateway, I think Hellmouth. Um, no, I've just... I've never heard... Has it always been called that? Yes, it's always been called Kenton. I have never heard it called the Kenton section of town. And to answer your question, Sarah, yes, I have been to the Dancing Bear. Uh, actually, but I was... How old was I? I was 19, I think. I think... A nineteen twenty, maybe. Uh, I had. N- I don't think I had yet turned twenty-one, so I think they were probably not supposed to have let me in. I shouldn't say that. I'm sure that I was twenty-one. I'm sure they wouldn't violate any sort of state of course uh, regulation. Um, all I remember is I was about twenty-one. I went to the Dancing Bear, and there was a, a stripper, and she was dancing to that Hurt song by Nine Inch Nails, which just even then seemed creepy and. Like an inappropriate, that seems like a daddy paid too much attention to me and, you know, sort of dance that she was doing there. Well, in any event. So he lives next to a lumberjack statue and a strip club. Uh-huh. That is perfect when you think about Sam Adams, actually. Yes. He used the dough that he was supposed to be paying his mortgages with to pay for upfront legal fees for his bow breed love indiscretion. Oh! The mayor has been issued two notices of default, which means... He hasn't paid up for five months. It's a warning that foreclosure could be the next big step for the banks. 
The uh, Sarah, does everybody know the identity of the mystery guest? Have you uh, no, announced well, I, them? Yeah, we need to say it on the air. All right. So shall I duck out of the uh, yes, room out. here and okay. then we'll... Um, Greg, right. are you on? All right. So I am going to leave the studio now. Sarah will reveal the identity of the mystery guest. Let's see if we can hear Greg. Hello? Hold on. Hold on. I'm leaving How about now? now? I can hear you now. Okay. Excellent. Okay. So Rick doesn't know it, but he's going to be interviewing... Um, <laughs> The last person kicked off of uh, the TV show, So You Think You Can Dance. His name's Tony Bellissimo. He's the first male eliminated from season five So You five of, uh, five of So You Think You Can Dance. He's a 20-year-old hip-hop dancer from Buffalo, New York. It's an American Isle type of show where 10 men and 10 women are teamed up as couples to compete against each other. He's famous, and Rick has no idea what he's going to be doing. Absolutely. It's going to be awesome. Okay, it's going to be right. Okay, come on. All right, fantastic. Wow, Greg's microphone works now. All right, are we... Uh... Are we prepared? Are we excited? That sounds like smooth lover man when he talks. That that was a, a Mr. Watson moment. Hello there. Wow. <laughs> waiting for that phone to work. That phone. Okay. That microphone to work forever. Please don't do that. I find that creepy. Not you. He's only like five feet away. And a wall. Mystery guest coming up next at 7 o'clock, followed by Jim Roop from CNN Radio Los Angeles at 720. Peter Carlin at 8. This is the Rick Emerson Show. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. 1-800-900-0193. That's 1-800-900-0193. KUFO Portland. No faith in me. You're sitting over there. First of all, you're blushing. You are actually you are actually a little bit flushed right now. Okay. Are you so nervous about this? I'm kind of nervous for you. Here you uh, go. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's uh, 503-228-4101. We are about to embark upon uh, today's installment of Mystery Guest. So this time, just real quickly, because I know we, I know we got, I know time is of the essence. Uh, I'm going to be given no information except the guest name. I got to do three minutes yes. of an interview. Do you have, and I have the, the bell. Uh, you have the bell to indicate as the minutes pass? All right, ladies and gentlemen, I will open this up now. I am talking to Tony Bellissimo. Bellissimo. All right, I am prepared. All right. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, uh, then it was a truckload full of penguins. Am I right, Greg? Penguins? All right. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Our phone number is uh, 503-228-4101. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the moment you have been uh, waiting for today. Let's uh, welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, uh, Tony Bellissimo. Hello, sir. How are you today? Good morning. How are you doing? I am, uh, I am doing very well. How are things in your life, sir? Things are doing really good. <laughs> so, uh, tell me a little bit about uh, about your story, about your background, and uh, and and how you came to be uh, how you came to be where you are today. I I oh man, I, I started like moving and grooving when I was a little kid. I was one of those, like hyperactive children <laughs> that would never sit still. You know, never knew what to do with them. And my parents put me in sports, but the sports wasn't enough, so they put me in dance too. And as I grew up older in, in, in the high school, the sports, I was, I was good at sports, but the dancing, I was better. And the girls loved the dancing, so I went to that way, and, and I ended up, you know, getting more and more class and then auditioned for the show, and there I, here I go. <laughs> and uh, so when you look back um, at your time uh, on the show, how do you want people to how do you want people to describe it? How do you want to how do you want to be remembered in terms of your performance? Well, I'm, I I already know I'm not going to be looked back on as being like, wow, that kid was like the best dancer ever on the show. But people can look back and say that kid loves the dance. That kid is so passionate about what he does. And it's true. I do love to perform.
perform. I love to be on stage. I love to do anything I can in a performance-wise. And that's where I want people to realize that I love to be there. And that's right. It's my passion. So uh, who are, we're talking with uh, uh, Tony Bellissimo. The, when you when you think back about the show, who um, what what do you what are the, some of the other uh, um, the other personality types you feel really really made an impact? The other um, you know the people that you were working with that uh, you know that you felt uh, were interesting or compelling in some way. I really I mean I, I thought that everyone had a like a story to bring. It was funny how everyone had a story that fit like you know the show. It was so weird. Um from from Evan to Randy, I mean everyone was so good. Everyone is so like their story and their personality is, is just so unique. And I really like Vitolio's personality because I mean he comes from Haiti and he is just a wild man and the, the two of us in the same room is just it gets a little bit crazy, but it's it's a lot of fun. How did they tell you that you were? How did you find out you were going to be on the on the show? Is that a uh, is that a thing where you get a, you get a phone call or uh, you know you get an email or something? How did that? Uh, how did have? How did tell me how it was revealed? How did you find out? I was in Vegas and I I did, I did the Vegas week and I was kept to be in the top of Vegas and then we, we were held off until we are brought out on stage and then they tell us you are on the show. And they go and they they examine us and they I mean they go back we sit in this room for a while and they talk to they talk to the judges talk to each other and they say yes or no is this person going to fit the cast is this person going to work with the judges the right way is he going to is he is this person going to be good for the TV is this person going to be pulling votes so and um it was you know it's, it's you sit around and you wait but they bring you out and you, they tell you on the stage and that. That part is nerve-wracking. Uh, waiting, Tony Bellissimo, and then you know you're you're on the show, and then uh, you know, and then as with everything, uh, you know, one way or the other, you know, your you know your time on the show uh, comes to an end, and and you bow out. However, it is that that happens. Um, is that uh, you know is that a thing you prepare yourself for? Do you sort of uh, do you play it out in your head how your uh, how your time uh, on the show might might end? Yeah, I mean, you have to be ready for everything. I mean, I'm constantly was ready for my bottom. I was always said I'm going to do my solo every week, so I was always ready to do my solo, regardless of how good I did or how many people said they're going to vote or whatever happens, because you never know how America votes. I mean, my whole area could vote, but if the rest of you know the 49 states don't vote, then it's you know then I'm outnumbered a lot. So I'm always ready to uh, to do my solo, and then when you do the solo, you have to just you know. Be ready for the judges to say, you know, either was good enough or was not good enough, or they they liked it, but you know they're looking to see more growth out of this person. So, you know, you got to be ready for it. And and I, I was ready for, I was ready to hear, you know, the hammer. I, well, I really wasn't ready to hear. It, but. Well, who can really be ready for the hammer, sir? That's a thing that no one can, no one can be prepared for that. No, I, I mean, I was, I cut, I try to tell myself, I'm like, be strong, you're ready for us. And when they said, you know, we're taking Jonathan, I was like. Dang! Yeah, it's, oh man! Yeah, but well, I'm so happy for him because he deserves a bit there as well. Well, you're a true, you're a true gentleman, sir, and I. We, none of us, none of us can disagree with that. All right, Tony Bellissimo. Uh, well, uh, best of continued success and in, uh, in all things, my friend. Thank you for spending some time with us today. No problem. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, sir. There you go. That's uh, uh, Tony Bellissimo. Uh, Greg, if you want to uh, pick that up and make sure that everything. All right, I couldn't get him to say the name of the freaking <laughs> show. Was it? It wasn't Dancing with the Stars. No, he was on. So you think you can dance? Oh, he's you a, sons of bitches! I hate. He's, <laughs> he's a hip hop dancer from Buffalo, New York. I he's described as the heartthrob of season five and a fan favorite. Oh, it's an American Idol type show where ten men and ten women are teamed up to, as couples to compete against each other. I hope you Who get knew? cancer in the worst he was place. Teamed up with a girl named Paris, and they were eliminated last week on week one of. 
All right. competition of So you, you Think You Can Dance. You sons of bitches. <laughs> I want a little uh, acknowledgement for how well I played through interviewing a guy on a reality show that I have never watched in my life. And and that I did the, the, the show I that I didn't, wasn't even aware of for choice of guest. No, 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 that was good. That you was good. good. I'm not. I was so grateful that he didn't say the name of the show. We'll oh. talk. We'll talk about how great you are in a moment. Let me just talk about the, 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 the. First of all, I've never seen so you think you can dance. I never. It, I wouldn't it, be able. It's to, hard to keep up with all these reality shows. I wouldn't be able it's to pick that show of it, out of a lineup. It must be big. And I, I kept so. throwing him. I kept trying to figure out because. <laughs> I think that's a show Marie Osmond passed out on. No, no, no. That's Dancing with the Stars. See, I know that. See, if it had been, you bastards, if it had been Dancing with the Stars. I was praying that you were going to say Dancing with the Stars. Well, no, because, see, I don't recognize I don't recognize his name. And I thought, well, you know, because the deal with Dancing with the Stars is it's, you know, you're. But he could have been like a NASCAR driver. That's what I'm saying. It could, but, you know, but there's people on there you've never heard of. Uh, and so it, I thought, well, maybe. But I said, you know, what is it? That, the, what, that, what brought you to this place? And then he said, God on the show. And he talked about dancing or whatever, and so I kind of, I kind of put that together in my head, but I kept trying to get him to say the name of it, and of course he would never ever. In retrospect, I know how I could have done it though. I'm not going <laughs> to give it away. No, 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 I'm not going to give it away. Oh, I'm is not going to give it for next time. No, because well, it seems entirely possible that you're going to spring another uh, reality person on me at some point. You can I know, say? Rick. Can I? Can I reveal now? That uh, you weren't able to do this, and this is the only reason I even know it, is that you guys tried to get Andy Dick last time. We had him scheduled, and there was a... <laughs> Incidentally, now, every time we pick up the phone for Mystery Guest, I'm expecting it to be Andy Dick. You know, and one of these times, maybe it will be. Oh, all right. Just just let so you know, you cannot stop Greg and I. All right, that was a, li- that was a little unnerving, but I'd like to think that I pulled it off, but well-selected on your part. Thank How did you, you even find that guy? Oh, we we have resources. <laughs> Sorry. You know why? Sorry, you know Playa. We We're good at our jobs. Yeah, all right. All right. There you go. Tim Riley, what uh, headlines are we tracking on this Wednesday morning? Dennis Miller tells Bill O'Reilly nobody wants his country less blown up than Dick Cheney. MySpace lays out for 100. What did they do there? And Nothing Al Ro- now. Al Roker says he would like to drop Spencer like a bag of dirt. Good for you, Al Roker. All right, excellent. Uh, oh, plus, uh, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop will join us from Los Angeles here in just a uh, short while, about uh, 10 minutes from now, 720. Talk to Jim Roop about, uh, and as with the Octo Mom as well, and I think, and I can't tell if you're joking about the Gloria Allred thing or no, not. Uh, it's true, I have some sound. See, because, it, it, like, don't you think at any given moment you could say, you know, uh, like, uh, Gloria Allred is involved in a lawsuit involving... Like Tony Bellissimo from Dancing, you know, from So You Think You Could Dance. And the odds are like 50 50 that you'll be right. She has a checklist of attention seats. <laughs> she's like a sim, and her attention uh, level is getting way too down to 15%. She needs to boost it back up. All right. It is the Rick Everson Show. We are 10 minutes away from Jim Roop. After that, we will talk to Tim Riley at the news desk. Still to come today, Peter Carlin from the Oregonian, and we'll be giving away uh, tickets to see the Air Guitar World Championships at Dante's, where they might be performing this song. It's Van Halen. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Rock 101 KUFO. Don't miss a moment of the Rick Emerson Show. Or you'll be filled with desperate, miserable shame. Listen online. Live or via podcast at KUFO.com. Excellent. It is the Rick Emerson Show live from Portland. It's 503-228-4101. That is the telephone number for Rock 101 KUFO. We are moments away from CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop joining us from Los Angeles. If you you enjoyed today's installment of Mystery Guest or any other segment of the Rick Emerson Show, don't forget you can hear it anytime, day or night, online at KUFO.com. 
Uh, Before we plunge on further ahead, uh, we are going to take this opportunity to give away a pair of tickets to the U.S. Air Guitar Championships happening June 23rd at Dante's. If you are caller 10 at 503-228-4101, 503-228-4101 right now. You want a pair of tickets to the U.S. Air Guitar Championships June 23rd at Dante's. Tickets on sale now at all tickets. West Outlets winners must be 21 and over. So that is uh, Caller 10 right now. Tim Riley, what headlines are we uh, following on this very fine Wednesday morning? A dead body has been found floating in the Willamette River next to the Fremont Bridge this morning. A huge cruise ship is docked at Waterfront Park. It's going to be there for a few days. It is something that the idle rich enjoy sailing on. And a Belgium girl claims she only asked for three tattoos of stars on her face. She fell asleep and woke up and had 53. <laughs> I've so, see oh why, God, why are we laughing instinctively? Have, You're a terrible person, Sarah. <laughs> so <Dillon>. are you. <laughs> there isn't a spot left on her face that doesn't have a star on. Really? Please tell me that. Is this, there a picture? Are yes, there I photographs? Have. Oh yes, it's Excellent. on the BBC. That's website. awesome. Somebody, uh, somebody sent me an email. They said, "You need to clarify what was quote funny because it's true if it wasn't the traffic accident." So during the traffic just now, there was this unfortunate juxtaposition of sound to sound. Where Tim and I were uh, guffawing, more, it was basically me, uh, chortling uh, heartily about something. And then I said, it's funny because it's true, which I, which overlapped with Tim saying, there's an accident. So it, we weren't really talking about that. We were talking, I, I don't know to what extent I can refer to the thing you were just mentioning. but Probably not. Uh, we were discussing uh, Tim's uh, membership in a professional organization. And I made a joke about Little House on the Prairie star Melissa Gilbert. Uh, we'll just, uh, we'll leave it at that. And to older gentlemen who always seem to be named Cy or Saul. And it's funny and true. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, I say, pulling the ripcord, because I have no way to get out of that segment without it ending awkwardly. Jim Roop from Los Angeles. Hello, sir. How are you? All right. Good morning. You feeling better, sir? Oh, yeah. You know, we uh, we spoke to you a couple days ago, and you just... You just you sounded uh, you sounded bad. You sounded though you were there playing through the pain as all CNN employees do. Uh, but I could tell that you were on the uh, I could tell that you were you were on the fade, as they say. So you sound as though you have uh, recovered. I'm fine now. Excellent. Hey, uh, let me ask you this: Is it? I can never tell when Tim is joking about this and when he's not. Is Gloria Allred suing somebody this morning? Uh, she had a news conference yesterday. Uh, there was an investigation that was launched based on her original complaint mm-hmm. filed uh, with the state about. Octomom. But this isn't, is this like a press conference? Isn't this a press conference she holds just because if she doesn't, her life force drains away? Every couple of weeks. Like it's I, a maintenance sort of thing? Flop my ass right in one of her chairs. <laughs> yes, I mean, it's it's sort of like how Keith Richards has to have his blood changed out every uh, six months or so just to, you know, just to keep himself alive. Yeah, well, this uh, actually resulted in something. State is fining uh, Radar Online. Uh, they, they, I don't know, fining $3,000 total in four citations. Uh, violating child labor laws. They didn't have a uh, a monitor of some kind uh, when the babies were brought home. They were filmed at the wrong times. You're only allowed to film uh, infants from like 4.30 to 6.30 and only 20 minutes at a shot. These kids were filmed um, uh, for two solid hours from 10.30 to midnight. She was there, so she can say all that. And Anyway, the investigation was launched based on her lawsuit uh, alleging child uh, child labor law violations. The state found she uh, she uh, the state found that the uh, laws were violated and Radar Online got fined. You know what you should do? You should have some sort of a you should arrange to interview the Octo Mom and uh, just see if she can tell the kids apart. I'd be well, curious I've, to I've know. I've been trying to you know I've been talking with her lawyer almost almost weekly. 
you know. Um, but she's got this exclusive contract with Radar Online. She won't talk to anyone else unless they pay her, and CNN doesn't pay. Not even not only I pay for interviews, they don't pay me. So. <laughs> Excellent, Tim. Do we have do you have sound on the uh, the Allred thing? I do. Here she is. When one of my nurses from Angels in Waiting tried to rescue the babies from inside of the car, and she was told to get out of the shot when they were being fed, and one baby appeared to need suctioning. Another nurse tried to intervene. She was told to get out of the shot. Said the fire-breathing dragon. <laughs> I was going to say, the, boy, the, that is just what an. What's ex- a baby needing suctioning? Jim, when does a baby need suctioning? When it starts, to, brand new infants, they still have that, that fluid inside their lungs. And so every now and again, they'll need to have be suctioned out because they're not uh, coughing it up or swallowing. You've got to give it the baby a good draining. Yeah. All right. This that, is sort of like my... Me, that, that's more of a function of a hospital. They can't send those babies home until the lungs are clear. This is sort of like, uh, it's not unlike my car after I, uh, after I drive through a, a dusty region of town and my floor mats have Absolutely. that. Uh, <laughs> or it could very well be that the, the baby was nursing and, and it started to choke a little bit. I wouldn't know if suctioning is the right word for that. Maybe just, uh, you know, pat the baby on the back so it can clear its throat. Su- clear suctioning its throat. Is, is an altogether unpleasant term. Here's a little fun fact. So my, I guess I can say this now. She lives in another country. What do, what do I care? Uh, my sister is, a, is an OBGYN nurse. Mm-hmm. And... My sister used to work at what we will call a major hospital here in Portland, Oregon. I, I won't identify the hospital. Uh, but when I was, I don't know, maybe 18. In fact, Sarah, it was the same trip that I came to Portland where I went to the Dance and Bear. Oh, very cool. It was when I came to see. Uh, yeah, it was when I. It all ties together. It was when I came to see uh, Metallica. Uh, at uh, Portland Meadows, uh, and, and the night before, I went to this uh, a local uh, buborium uh, that was uh, sort of by the St. John's area. Anyway, um, so uh, but my my sister, I was staying at my sister's house, which was unpleasant in a whole bunch of other ways. But she's an OBGYN. She was like, "Hey, why don't you come meet me at work? I'll give you the house key and whatever." And I'm like, "Okay." So I go there, and she's giving me the tour of you know of the whole floor where she uh, where she was sort of the head the head delivery nurse or whatever, and. Walking by, and it's one of those things where the different industries have colloquial terms for things, like um, like what the rest of the public would call like a volume knob. Uh, you know, in broadcasting, is not called a volume knob. Tim, what is it called? A pot. That's exactly it. It's a pot, short for potentiometer. Uh, and... So as she's taking me from one room to the other, showing me where, you know, there's the, the, the room where life is created, she shows me this bank of glass and metal boxes. And I said, what's that? And these are, I guess these are the sort of the, the, the incubators or the, you know, the sort of warming area where when the baby is born, it doesn't have, you know, it's, it's small, it doesn't have a lot of circulation. So they, you know, so they, they, they put it there so the baby's body temperature stays at a certain level. Mm-hmm. They don't call it that, though, at least not at this Portland hospital. They call, this is my sister uh, who, who was running the joint at this point. She said, oh, those are the baby ovens. <laughs> and I said, part, and I, the confusion on my face must have been evident. She said, oh, I mean... You know, it maintains body temperature. I don't, don't call, don't, don't tell him anybody. I said, baby oven. That's what we call it. And I said, well, okay, done and done. Hey, would you like to know a horrifying fact uh, about the delivery room at this Portland hospital, Jim? Yeah, sure. All right. Here's a horrifying uh, story that I think I've, I think I've told once, and it was so incredibly off-putting that I vowed never to tell it again. But here I am breaking that vow. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a new millennium. We can do these things. We were. Walking by this, because uh, some of the delivery rooms, the doors were shut because there was obviously there was a, a burthen taking place. We walk by this one delivery room, and it's like you know, there's the the, the whatever, there's the uh, uh, 
what do you? It's not a stretcher, but you know, it's like the like the the chair and the stirrup thing. There's like the whole dental chair that you're in, uh, you know, and the, the where the women leave ba- uh, lean back and they uh, they give birth to our most idea, man. To our most natural, our most natural resource. I'm trying to paint the picture here though, because it's all very important. So there's like the chair, and then in front of the chair on another side is like this weird convoluted like like rope and pulley system. I mean, it's it's sort of like it's like one of those things in the Swiss Family Robinson they used to like uh, you know to bring supplies up to the treehouse, and I'm looking at that and I said, "What's that for?" And she then walks over and she picks it up, and the little rope and pulley system ends in these sort of, I don't know what kind of look like sort of uh, clamp type devices, but they're kind of rubberized, so they're sort of so they're soft, they're not sharp. And I said, "Well, what what are those for?" She goes. Well, these clamps are for, um, and then she paused and she said, these are for some of our larger patients. And then she trailed off again. And she said, these are for, um, these are for lifting the abdominal apron. And that's a phrase that has stuck with me just for the longest time. That's a phrase that I've never been able to get out of my head. And see, as Henry Rollins says, I think about these things so you don't have to, but now you will. Now I will. That's why I led up to that story so carefully and was uh, making sure to paint every single frame of that uh, of that little mini movie. The, because then then you just see like a team of Oompa Loompas that are on the ropes going like, and it's sort of an open sesame thing, but with, you know, the stomach. Oh, gosh. So there you go. Think about that, Jim. Oh. All right. On that note, my friend. I'm going to be sick again. Well, I'm just doing my doing my part to entertain. Thank you. Big plans for your day? Not now. <laughs> Except to go buy go buy more birth control. Okay. All right, excellent. Thank you, sir. Okay. All right, there you go. That's uh, Jim Roop. Lifting the abdominal apron. You need to stop saying that. I mean, who, whoever knew that that phrase even existed? The answer is nurses at this prominent Portland hospital. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO coming up uh, in just moments. You're about, uh, I don't know, eight, nine minutes away from the news with Tim Riley. Top of the hour, 8 o'clock, you'll have Peter Carlin from the Oregonian. Uh, we still have the brand new Weird Yal uh, Yankovic single to get today. Brand new Weird Al coming up and uh, giving away a gift certificate to the agency, which is the sports bar of tomorrow. That is all on the horizon. Here's Kid Rock. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO from Portland, Oregon. Broadcasting from the greatest city on earth. Crime is down in Portland, but murders are up. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's Wednesday morning. Coming up at the top of the hour from the Oregonian, uh, features writer Peter Carlin, who says that he has no sense of smell. Shades of Richie Bristol. Oh, I think this is because of that story about, it was in the news about Zircam, Zycam? Yeah, one of those Z things. Whatever it is, one of those cold medicines. Apparently, if you take that, it'll destroy your sense of smell. So you might want to you might want to think twice or perhaps three times before you do that. So I guess Carlin says that that happened to him. All right, so we'll talk to a Peter Carlin for the Oregonian at uh, 8 o'clock. This, however, at the news desk is your personal savior, Tim Riley. 
In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 740. Expect a little drizzle this morning. Partly cloudy the rest of the day. Highs in the 70s. Washington's unemployment rate is now 9.4%. Not as bad as Oregon's, but it is an uptick from the latest numbers. By the way, even worse than all of Oregon and even worse than all of Washington is Clark County. Their unemployment rate is 13.2%. Those poor people can't get hired anywhere. Most of them work in Portland. Their resumes get put in the bottom of the heap. So I was going to ask... But we probably have we've clarified this, I think, in the past about Clark County and why it's so bad. But that's because they share a lot of their employment with Portland. Right. A lot of people are coming over the bridge and they're working here. So uh, and then you go back to them. We're going to come when we build that new bridge. (laughs) Maybe it should be a one way bridge. Maybe uh, that is true. Maybe you should allow us to go there and consume goods and services, uh, you know, as uh, as is our want to help our neighbors to the north. Maybe it should be throttled a bit, though, when it uh, when it comes to people from Vancouver attempting to come here to uh, to take our jobs. I'm just I mean, it, it is important to look after one's own community. You know, kids can be so cruel. A 12 year old boy is in the Seattle hospital after being attacked with a backpack full of rocks. The boy was beaten by a gal the same age. He was beating. Wait a minute. This is insult to injury. He was beaten by somebody with a backpack full of rocks, and it was, it was by a girl? A girl? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, how would you even... That's kind of impressive that you could even lift a backpack full of rocks. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can barely walk up the stairs <laughs> without winding myself. I, I run down to my office you know, to, to get a spare pen during the break, and I come back, and it sounds like I've done a decathlon. So he was in the hospital. He was able to come to to identify the attack. A backpack full of rocks? A backpack full of rocks. That's you know, weird. I had to take a box full of books to Powell's the other day, and I had to stop seven or eight times on the way down the street because I thought I was going to have a heart attack. All right. All right, Tim Riley. A Belgian teenager got the shock of her life. She asked for three tattoos of stars and apparently fell asleep to wake up with a face full of them. Well, now, she says, uh, she wants to sue the tattoo artist, and he's scarier looking than she is. I should post these pictures later on about this tattoo yes. artist. Yes. Oh, so her face is covered with what? So they're, they're little stars? No stars are there are bigger than a little bit. Look at the look at the tattoo. Please artist. to describe the photo for me. Oh my gosh. I'm gonna have to post this. This is uh what what are we what does her face oh look like? God. Please to describe. Well it's covered with stars. Okay. But I mean she's never gonna get a job. So it looks like she was trying to do that Dita Von Tees thing where she had like you know, like the little patch of stars. This is like a eye. this is like a star that your teacher would put on a paper on which you've done very yeah, but, well. But colored in. But, but blue and on your face and made yeah. of ink. So instead of just on the side, it goes like this. It goes from the side of her face, under her eye, onto the side of her nose. It's like the Mike Tyson eye. thing. It's like a whole kind side. Except it doesn't go over the eye. Oh. It just goes from the side. So what did the guy, was the guy so impressed with his star making ability? that He thought that I'll just like, keep. I'm on a roll. Yeah, seriously. Why stop now? Who falls he... asleep when they're getting a tattoo? I don't know. <laughs> How could face? you fall? Well, you... I'm not saying she was drunk, but doesn't it seem like Some chemicals may have. Trash. Does she live in this country? No. Belgium. Yeah, she was probably drunk. Mm-hmm. Well, she's in Belgium. She was probably high. Isn't that a place where you can get high? Uh, that's north of there in the Netherlands. All right. Well, I suppose you can, you can do that in Belgium, too. Usually the Netherlands are south of there, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Morning show. Uh, so it, it seems like chemicals may have played a part in her um, unconscious state during this tattoo. Because I, I want to hear the story one more time. She's <laughs> only 18 and scarred for life. Well, the seriously, who isn't? I mean, come on. A teenager got the shock of her life when she asked for a few small tattoos and awoke to find her face was covered with stars. And woke? I mean, if you're getting... But here's the thing. If you're getting tattoos on your... The uh, tattoo master claims that she was awake all the time. But if you're getting tattoos on your face, 
Like, what do you, I mean, it seems like... There's a lot of coloring in. Like, they aren't just outlines of stars. Those are filled in. And it's like, you're already crossing the threshold at that point anyway. Like, one tattoo on your face is enough to keep a whole class of people from hiring you. So, beyond that, it's all just aesthetics. So, why don't you... Oh, man, speaking of tattoos, let me just... Let's, let me back up, and then back up, and then I'll back up again, and I'll move forward. Um, let's start with Transformers 2, and I will make sense of all this. Speaking of being overseas... So, you know, we sent uh, we sent the the listener to London to see the premiere of Transformers 2 Revenge of the Fallen. And the listener is back, and uh, we're going to try to have him in uh, either tomorrow or Friday. Will he be a mystery guest? His name is Adam. No, he's... I just said who he was. No. I just announced <laughs> What him. if we lined him up without telling you who you're speaking with? It's going to be Andy Dick. Um, no, his name is Adam, and Adam went to see Transformers 2 in London, uh, courtesy of KUFO. That's so awesome. I'm envious. And, you know, and that's the thing, you know, look, I, I'm not going to... to give away so many cool prizes. And you know what? Maybe he liked the movie, maybe he didn't. I don't know. But you know what? His ass saw it in London, uh, which, is, which is awesome. And so he uh, is going to talk to us about that. But Transformers 2 stars, like Transformers 1, has Megan Fox, who I don't, I, I don't find all that sexy. I just don't. There's nothing sexy about her to me. Like all the parts are there, but something's missing. See, and I had this, I was, I was going to say I had this discussion. This is how my brain works. I didn't have a discussion. I read a discussion between some other people on the internet last night, which in my head sort of seems yeah, like I'm having it. sad. Yes, it does. Well, the Xbox Live was down. What was I going to do? It was down for a whole day. Uh, what am I, I going to do? Did it leave the house? So I don't see how you fit all this stuff into one day. That's difficult. Including um, into a whole bag of chips before retiring for the evening. Well, I, I neglect my family. The uh, so, but Megan Fox, who I don't find sexy at all, is in Transformers too. But she's she was so she was at I think it was the London premiere. And there's this photograph of Megan Fox on the red carpet. That is the trashiest, saddest thing I have ever seen in my life. Please to be telling. Trashy because, A, I now see that Marilyn Monroe tattoo you were telling me about. Mm -hmm. So she's got Marilyn Monroe's face on her right forearm, and boy, it's ugly. I mean, it's I didn't, an, It's a horrible tattoo. It's a bad tattoo, and again, I don't find Megan Fox sexy. Anyway, I'm not saying she's ugly. As you said, the, the parts are all there. But the, the 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 like it's so much less than the sum of its component uh, elements. I just don't. So there's something missing. Well, you know what I mean. It's like she's like Chaz Bono. Yeah. No, there's <laughs> nothing missing with her. There's way too much there. She's except for the uh, now. yeah. There. I, I was asking where Chastity Bono was going to get the uh, you know the, the the extra skin to make herself a man part, but clearly she has lots of extra skin everywhere else. So I mean, and isn't and she's got and if they're going to make Chastity Bono into a man, they're just removing her uh, bosoms, aren't they? So you go. You had a bosom. Now you have a penis. Bada bing. We're done. Well, it's uh, easy um, enough. So, it, but but with uh, um, Megan Fox, it, on paper it looks like she should be hot, and in reality she's not. She lacks the vibe somehow. But she's got this Marilyn ta Monroe face tattoo in her arm, which makes her like ruins any chance she had of being hot. I'll find this photograph and I'll put it up on RickEmerson.com. It's the saddest photograph you have ever seen in your life. It's Megan Fox walking on the red carpet and being whisked along by her man or whoever, because you can see her. She's holding somebody's hand and leaning in just like past the, the, the red rope or whatever it is that separates her from the, from the rabble. From the common folk. Is a fat kid trying to hand her a rose. <laughs> it's awesome. It's like, a, I'm in love with you. Will you please take this rose? It is like just this huge whale of, of and when I say it's like, it, it, he's, I mean, he must be like 18, 19. So it's a fat guy. Like, I, sh I shouldn't even laugh. It's just, it's such bottom feeder humor for me to laugh at this. But it's a fat guy leading in trying to hand her a rose. And she's just looking straight ahead, being being whisked ahead further oh, by, by whatever contact. man candy is on her arm. 
I mean, it's, it's it's simultaneously the best and worst picture I have ever seen in my life. Have you found it? No, not yet. Oh, I'll find it and I'll send it to you. I'll put it at RickEmerson.com. It's glorious. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. Well, this should, should elicit more catty comments. Victoria Beckham has reduced her double D boobs because she's sick and tired of her busty look. She felt her mega chest <laughs> didn't fit her new role. Greetings, Optimus Prime. <laughs> I am mega chest. She, she was so embarrassed by her uh, oversized boobs that she was walking around in public with her hands covering her chest. I... What? There's just too much she here. She wanted her implants taken out for a while. She felt it was part of her old image. The big hair, the big boobs, and the fake tan. She's moved on now. There's too much in this story. It, it always grosses me out when you hear people getting their implants taken out. Mm-hmm. In isn't so much, but like out just seems all squishy and wrong. Yeah. Well, well it's like she's going to Les Schwab for retreads. Well, plus like your skin grows to... Get a side of beef with this? To fill them up, doesn't it? So wouldn't they look all deflated? Well, they have to stitch you up. Isn't that the thing? They have to take it back in. We're t- we're, we're speaking medically now. This is a sociological issue. I mean, your skin gr- like learns to adjust around right, no, the implants. It stretches, but I mean. But she has freak boobs. See, I did not so I much anymore. I didn't think so. No, they're like balls. I like it's like chastity bones. <laughs> <laughs> I think they put the wrong section in the wrong place. Then Seriously, they're like softballs stuck to oh, the okay. front of her. See, right. I well, that clear <laughs> that does clear that up. No, yeah, oh, Tim, that... you're looking at the story upside down. <laughs> I'm looking at it through the wrong angle, am I? <laughs> I'm having a hard you're, time. You're starting up at with the bottom of the story. And changes in people. Um, they just I, can't live with what God gave them. Look, I'm not going to lie. I'm, as Sarah will note, I'm a pig male, just like everybody else. So I, I would, I, I notice things like that. I never thought that she had all that. Uh, that she was all that top heavy. I, I never. Re- but see again, maybe it's because Victoria Beckham doesn't strike me as sexy at all. She and is so now I just, a 34B. But I just never really noticed what she looked like at all because she there's nothing sexy about her. She was a 34A, then she became a 34D. She was tired of her mega chest, and she was walking around with her hand. That's always the way, by the way, to get guys then to not notice you. Not look at them, then she had a 34DD. Walk around, walk around with your hands on your boobs. That'll keep guys from, not from looking at you. Boobs, please. Right, I so want she, my privacy. You know, the, the, but the thing is, like... This is the the reason why that kind of cosmetic or plastic surgery is sort of unnerving to me. Not that I'm likely to get that done, but but you know it's weird you mentioned this because you know I was thinking about this morning for no particular reason. Do you ever have just random? I mean, like absolutely, totally effing random thoughts go through your head in the morning while you're like tying your shoes or something. Oh yeah. I was thinking about Kenny Rogers this morning as I was lacing up my shoes, and more specifically, I was thinking about Kenny Rogers and how he had that wonky eye surgery where his face went all weird when he's awake all the time. Hi, Kenny. How are you doing? I'm awake. I'm awake. Uh, but he was on the view or whatever, talking about how he had that eye surgery and it went wrong, and he looks he looks uh, strange. Now I mean, he looks very unnerving. Um, you know what I'm talking about? And with the, the, they're oh, shaped no, all they're weird. They're pulled, too like, they're too tight. tight. The saucer eyes. And I, you know, it's like how even being wealthy is not a guarantee that your plastic surgery will go well. It still could go terribly. And I like Tara Reid who had that, like that botched stomach job. And here's the thing. Uh, 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 this is only once, but once was enough. Once in my life, uh, I saw a really, really bad uh, breast reduction, uh, th- th- like the the whatever you call it, the um, you know the 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 evidence of that. Uh, is, uh, I knew a woman who had a very, very, very large uh, lady, uh, dirty pillows, boom, you know th- those. 
The whole thing is I'm just I'm trying not to I'm trying to come up with ex, I'm trying to come up with synonyms for boob just, and it's just like I, boob, it's okay. and I just keep coming back to boob and then I and then I take I anyway. take a detour through uh, through. Oh, pipe. you never figured out which one of my friends has fake boobs. We can't talk about that which now because it's going it? to distract me. Stop! Okay. <laughs> Everybody, stop now! I can only do one boob conversation at a time. Without channeling myself through sissy spacek and saying dirty pillow. Anyway, but there was a woman who was uh, very well endowed. And the next time I saw her, and it had been a while, uh, and the next time I saw her, she opened the door and she's like, hello, do you, do you notice anything different? And I said, hey, y- yes. And you like, I didn't want to say anything because then it was awkward. Because like, what if I, what, what if she if you just. What wrong? Like, what if like, I, uh, I colored my hair. Totally. And I'm like, wait a minute, you're all. Where have your breasts gone? They've uh, are they under? Did you leave them upstairs? You either have new hair or you're pregnant. And she had had a breast reduction, and she was a woman who had. Uh, I wouldn't she say she was wealthy, but she was a woman who had had. Uh, she had. She was comfortable financially, and I have to tell you, it's like she got them done by Doctor Nick in a back alley somewhere. I mean, it was like he did it with a broken down Singer sewing machine while she was laying on the kitchen table. It was. It was un, and I have to. This makes me sound like a shallow bastard, but I have to tell you that was actually the last time that I spent time with her, mm. because I just couldn't. I it was it was awful. It was so off-putting to look at. Um, this girl I, that was in my sorority in college, uh, she had fake boobs, mm-hmm. and it was one of the worst jobs I've ever seen. And but she had it in through the front. Yes, no, I understand what you're saying. And Pam Anderson did that. Jagged, like she had. She was showing everybody. She's like, Dude. oh yeah, look at them. But there are these. Huge jagged lines uh, around that, like see, the that's center, the, and, and and it's like she's you're like the, not even she's oblivious. She's like, oh yeah, look at him. I'm like, don't you see what you did? To and she yourself? looks like the corpse jagged bride. Boobs. <laughs> she and she looks like what's her name from from Nightmare Before Christmas, Jack Skellington's girlfriend, oh, yeah. where she's got the stitching, and you know. So that was and look and my one final observation. This is just like a confidential to the ladies out there. Um, as with everything, it really is about me, Rick Emerson, and my life. Um, the other thing that I kind of resent, it's not like we had a serious relationship. We saw each other every now and again in what one might call a casual sense. But it was like she could have at least given me a heads up, you know? It's sort of like one, you know, it's like, uh, you know, it's like a final visit with the kids before your wife moves overseas or something. Uh, you know, I, some, I, you know I, I could have been given a chance to say goodbye, to give a little um, auf Wiedersehen goodnight. But no, no, no. Just uh, come over and the, uh, no, 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 the kids, have, the kids have been sent to boarding school and you, you never got a chance to tousle their hair one last time. Oh, my God. I'm trying to come up with a euphemism here. I don't wish to work blue. So Victoria Beckham is now healing in the privacy of France, where no one can bother her or know what's happening. I am mega boobs. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO coming up next. Peter Carlin from the Oregonian. KUFO Portland. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us. It's Wednesday. In mere moments, we'll uh, speak with Peter Carlin, features writer for the Oregonian. I think he's doing a piece on the uh, doing a piece on the Rose City Rollers or on the, uh, the um, roller derby in general. Mm-hmm. And um, so we'll make the obligatory Kansas City Bombers uh, reference and so forth. Also, I guess he lost his sense of smell because he was jamming one of those like, like zinc zinc things into his nose forever. I don't know the answer to that. Hey, uh, so you should go to rickemerson.com right now. Go to rickemerson.com and uh, the... the right, can uh, I see it now? Yeah, it's, it's called Visual Aid Number 1 for Wednesday's show. And then uh, and then we'll be joined by Peter Carlin. Later in the hour, we'll have the new Weird Al Yankovic single, by the way, uh, called uh, Craigslist. Oh. Yeah, you, cl- you really should click on it to get the full horror, though. Okay. Tim, have you seen the photo? 
I'm looking right now. Yeah. You go to rickemerson.com and just, uh, isn't that... Uh, oh, that's so sad. And the capture of the photograph is the most depressing thing I've ever seen. It is, uh, this is at the uh, premiere for Terminator, or Terminator 2, for Transformers 2. And it's Megan Fox. Here's the other thing about Megan Fox. She looks freaky. Here's the thing about her. Two things. One, I think one of the reasons I don't find her attractive is she always looks, she always looks like she's pissed off about something. You know, she always, doesn't she always seem like she's sort of, no, uh, no, no. And I don't like to have, don't like for them to have too much self-esteem either. (laughs) I like it if they just start crying for no reason a couple times every day. So she always looks like she's sort of in a bitchy mood about something, kind of like one of those models you always see in a cat, catwalk around the cover of like L or something. Oh, she's a young Janice Dickinson. How are you? I'm unhappy. Uh, Oh, totally. Or two, Janice Dickinson, that or uh, kind of like Brooke Burke. She has a Brooke Burke sort of thing going on here. And then there is, and I'm assuming it's a boy, there's this sort of punchy Bobby Hill uh, kid kind of leaning in, attempting to hand her a yellow rose as she's uh, being whisked forward by some uh, undoubtedly bemuscled Hollywood type. That is the type. worst picture. I can't stop looking at it. Yeah, it's, it's, I stared it's at it for a good, a good two minutes yesterday afternoon. I just hadn't looked at it. It was, it was like one of those magic eye paintings, right? She just kept expecting something else to happen. Let's uh, welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show with a head full of uh, something and a heart full of, what is it, a head full of hate and a heart full of, uh, I don't know, the wadded up newspaper or that something or other. just grab somebody else's past. Nah, yeah, see, that's the thing is we used to say head full of hate and a heart full of snakes, and then there was a story about somebody who actually did have, it was like a handbag full of slugs. Anyway, I have to get a new introduction for you. Peter Carlin, features writer for The Oregonian. Hello, sir. Uh, I'm fine, thank you. How did the slugs come into play? Or why did just a reference of slugs puts you off the, the snakes reference in my in my stock intro? Yes. Are you awake at this moment? I am. I'm sitting in my backyard. <laughs> really? <laughs> you said it. I couldn't quite tell if you were if you were just feeling exceptionally mellow and relaxed, uh, or if this was pre caffeine, Peter Carlin. Um, a little, a little of both. Excellent. Uh, no, we had some story the other day about, uh, there was somebody who was described in the article as having, quote, a heart full of hate. And then that got us off into a whole Peter Carlin jag. And I realized I need a new, uh, a new introductory statement for you. So I'll, I'll get to work on that. How about something like King of All Media? King of the Modern Dance? I don't know. Hey, speaking of King of the Modern Dance, real quickly before we, uh, talk about hot girls, uh, like elbowing each other in the throat. So you did... We had that creepy, I mean, uh, compelling YouTube video of you and the other guys doing the interpretive dance where you were uh, sort of acting cat-like. And I am to understand that you actually, that that got a standing ovation just a couple of nights ago when it was performed. I didn't hear, was, was there a standing ovation? I got, a, I got an email from a listener who went to see it, and he said that large sections of the audience actually did stand and applaud at the end of it. So uh, masterful was it in its execution. So sorry, did they feel for us? It was yeah, we, yeah. We did it at the Keller. You know, it's like three thousand people in the audience, and all the greatest dancers in the in the continent, uh, and, then, and then you performing alongside us. And so it was it was an extremely strange, and um, in some ways unsettling evening. But um, I felt like ultimately, you know, when you're standing up on a on a stage in a big hall, and, and like all these people are cheering. And, and and then the odd thing is when you feel like you really haven't done anything to deserve that sort of treatment. I felt like I had like gone to look for the men's room partway through the show and <laughs> taken the wrong door and walked out on stage and, and was greeted with an ovation. Suddenly you're filling in for uh, you're filling in for Matthew Broderick. Something like that. Yeah. It was like uh, you know. So uh, that's about as much as I felt like I deserved it. But it was great fun and everyone was really sweet. And we were in the just to show you exactly how surreal the experience was. At the very end, during the highly choreographed part where everybody comes out on stage to take a series of bows and things. Mm-hmm. We came out um, right after 
the uh, the New York City Ballet and right before the guy from the Joffrey Ballet. So that's about as as high-end as dance gets. And then somehow we were in the middle of it. Like, And you wonder if maybe the invitation was mismailed somehow. <laughs> yeah, it was like it. We kept checking. Pierre Carlin, uh, who lives three blocks over, was supposed to have gotten that. We kept checking to make sure they knew exactly who we were and what we were up to, and they kept insisting it was totally cool. That's what they were after. You know, I go through that same thing every day. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let me, is it, uh, before we get to this business of the, the roller derby, though, it says here, you sent me this email, and it said that it, you, I can't use the phrase you actually typed in this email, but there's an article about that Zycam or the zinc stuff that you jam into your nose if you've got cold and flu symptoms, That's and true. apparently also if you've got smelling symptoms that you want gotten rid of as well, because your olfactory capabilities are just destroyed by this, which you said happened to you. Well, that you know, that was weird. The story ran yesterday. It started moving on the wires, as we say, uh, and uh, I was, um, uh, and 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 I instantly remembered how a year ago, when my sense of smell suddenly got very strange, things began to smell very differently than they had ever done before. Did you just think you were having a stroke every day? Well, you know, I told my friend, who's a doctor, who uh, we were on the edge of a little league uh, t- a field watching some kids play ball, and I said, oh, hey, by the way, you know, and I began to describe what happened, and he got that look on his face where it's that medical thing of, I don't want to freak you out, but I also need for you to understand that I'm very serious about what I'm going to say. He said, you might want to get that checked out sooner than later. And then later, when I did get it checked out, and it turned out that uh, there was nothing, like, clearly, obviously wrong, he said, well, at least it wasn't the tangerine-sized tumor I thought oh. it might be. <laughs> Dude, well, that's—I had a—I'd never had a sinus infection, really, to speak of, uh, you know, until a few years back. I, I didn't really know—you know, you, know, you get that—because, Sarah, you went through that earlier this year. We get the sinus thing, and it, it's like a headache that doesn't ever go oh, yeah, away I for just days like and days and days. Between my eyes, it was the most painful thing. And I went to the doctor— and the doctors, you know, I'm like, I just have this headache. It won't go away. And it's like there's this pressure sort of inside my head. It's just very unpleasant. And it's uh, kind of, you know, kind of. She said, well, is it like a pressure behind your eyes? And I said, yes. And she said, well, is it, uh, you know, do you find it difficult? Like when you look at lights, like does, are you extra sensitive to light? And I said, yes. And she said, um, all right, does it, is it kind of getting worse uh, with every few, you know, days? And I said, yes. And she said, okay, um, tilt your head back and forth, left to right. Now, is there like a feeling like there's liquid or like a sloshing sensation? And I said, yes. And she said, oh. Okay, I thought you had a tumor. <laughs> nice. And she actually did like the exhaling laugh, uh, you know, sort of like the oh, okay. I just we were gonna have to take you back and put you down. All right, well. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, hey, you know, for April Fool's Day uh, next year, Sarah, we ought to just find out. We ought to just buy some sort of concentrated, like something that smells a lot like almonds. And just, you know, and just sort of spray it around in somebody's office and then deny smelling it ourselves. Just claim that we can't, claim Why, that we can't detect it. Are you supposed to smell it. almonds or was it just a That's right, smell? before you have a stroke or a seizure or something, or before, you're, before something, your brain falls out of your ears. There's some ailment that is indicated by that. Tell me about the, uh, about going to see the, the roller derby. Was this a thing where the Oregonian just paid you to go um, stare at hot chicks while they punch each other in the face? Well, okay. First of all, uh, yeah, it was a professional uh, obligation, uh, which I did repeatedly this spring. And we'll do so again when the championship bout rolls around uh, a week from Saturday night at the Expo Center. Um, But, uh, you know, it was journalism, man. And also the other thing is that ain't nobody punching nobody else. That's all. That's old school Raquel Welch, Kansas City bomber. This is like 
straight-up athletics. So it's, it's like speed skating and uh, a certain amount of body blocking and, uh, and some groovy hip checks and stuff. But these are some tough chicks, and they're, they're strong, and they skate super fast. And it's, it's interesting to be around them because you realize, or I realize at any rate, that I'm surrounded by, you know, 100-plus women, all of whom could kick my ass. They <laughs> could just beat your ass into a fine powder. Yes, exactly, exactly. And they know it, too, and, they're, and, and everyone's cool with it. We all, we're all on the same page. But, um, but at, any, at any rate, if you guys haven't been checking out the Derby lately, you should check it out. There's going to be a terrific championship bout between the um, breakneck Bettys and the high rollers. And uh, and anyway, so I did this big story. It's going to run in the O uh, on Sunday, and it's all about uh, or largely about a new uh, skater who's a first-grade teacher in Beaverton named uh, Heather Petty goes uh, by sulfuric acid. Okay, see, I did, all I, just you had me at uh, you had me at first-grade teacher because the first-grade teacher who is also uh, who is also in you know doing roller derbies it doesn't matter. I mean, she could look like a weeble. It doesn't matter. She'd and still she be hot. Not look like a weeble. She is a. Uh, an extraordinarily athletic, uh, uh, petite, blonde woman with no visible tattoos and none of the usual sort of what you'd expect in the derby type of... None of the typical accoutrement. Yeah, exactly. But as she says, um, but, you know, and also she has abs to die for, uh, which I couldn't help noticing. And then she, in the first time we were talking about it, she said, she was talking about what a great sport it was. And she goes, it's like, she goes, I just like getting hit and hitting people. And being able to do it on skates is phenomenal. Sarah, would you like to weigh in at this point? You are like the creepiest thing ever, Peter. <laughs> I'm not. I'm yes, not. Yes, you are. A fresh-faced, young, really cool person. And and uh, and uh, I'm not saying that, like, she... I, I'm not saying she likes... I have like, a crush on her or anything. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not no, saying no. I'm looking in her window late at night and calling her house and then hanging up repeatedly and denying that I did it, even though the voicemail says it was me. No, I've chatted with her parents, so that's, I don't think that's going to happen. Hey, is your daughter available? How many cows would I have to provide to your village for you she to give me your daughter? And she's got, a, she's got a serious boyfriend, so, you know, and I've got a serious wife, so. I cannot believe a... you've assessed your relationship status. You realize that's <laughs> what you're saying. No, 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 she has a boyfriend. Oh, yeah, and I have a wife. <laughs> also, I'm married, but mainly she has a uh, boyfriend and abs to die for. I'm just saying, man. I'm just, these are just objective facts. You sort of became like a weird uh, cross between John Hinckley Jr. and Mr. Blackwell, just there. <laughs> Mr. Blackwell. <laughs> Thank uh, you very much. When does that piece run? This coming Sunday? This coming Sunday. Excellent. All right. Uh, as always, um, a pleasure in the most unnerving and wonderful sense. Peter Carlin, read him in print of the Oregonian online at OregonLive.com. Thank you, sir. Rock on, my friend. All right, there you go. That's uh, Peter Carlin, kids. All right. Excellent. And that great it's moment? weird to hear him like um, go <laughs> like that, like, and then act like about... he didn't make that noise. Exactly. Well, because he's just like, oh, they're amazing, and it's weird because like you know, living in Southeast Portland, those are like our peers. Yeah, seriously. I see, like I, my upstairs neighbor is a roller derby girl. Yeah, so they're sort of. To hear him talk about it. I'm you like, go to the liquor store, the odds are like one in three. The person selling you booze is a roller girl, you know, which is great. Mm. All right, ladies and gentlemen, straight ahead we have uh, a little bit of the new Weird Al Yankovic single, as well as news from Tim Riley. Isn't that right, Tim Riley? That is correct. Yes. All right, excellent. This is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock One Hundred One K U F O. The Rick Emerson Show. And it's just waiting for instructions from its creator before actually spawning. The Rick Emerson Show returns. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program, live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Join us tomorrow when our guest will include Mr. Skin. MrSkin.com. Okay, so Greg has isolated, by the way, that uh, that Peter Carlin sound. 
I'll play that here in just a second. Uh, in just moments, we'll have a little bit of the new Weird Al Yankovic uh, single. Tim Riley is tracking the following stories on your Wednesday morning. Stop using Zycam immediately. It'll cause permanent loss of smell. That from the Consumer Product Division of the government. Then uh, Mayor Adams is about to lose both his North Portland homes. Looks like he has to pay for his indiscretions and can't cover everything. There's a big cruise ship docked at Waterfront Park. It's going to be there for a couple of days. And you have to have a lot of money to live there, but you can rent something. Also, an Iowa team is the new national texting champ. We should uh, have some sort of a seafaring contest where you can get to go on a cruise ship. Oh, I get it. it- <laughs> Thanks, I think Jim. we peaked with the crew cut. All right. Well, let me uh, peek with this. This is uh, just a tiny piece of Peter Carlin's sound uh, that oh, uh, making creepy noises. Greg Nibbler uh, excerpted. See if you can um, spot the odd juxtaposition here of statement and noise. It's going to be a terrific championship bout between the um, breakneck Bettys and the high rollers. <laughs> is he sucking out someone's soul? I don't really know. It's going to be a terrific championship bout between the um, breakneck Bettys and the high rollers. All right. Well, there you go. Did Thank you. Smack you. His lips too? I, I believe that is I believe that is the case, Sarah. All right. It is Rock 101 KUFO in just a, a moment here. We'll uh, play a bit of the new uh, Weird Al Yankovic, which I had many, many, many people uh, email me about uh, yesterday. It is time at this juncture in the program to remind you that coming up this Friday, this Friday, 9 a.m., ladies and gentlemen, you're going to be able to buy half-off certificates for the Agency Ultra Sports Land, which is uh, right in downtown at PGE Park, 19th and Morrison in Southwest. It's the official pregame restaurant for the Portland Beavers and the Timbers. And got great food, great atmosphere, and just sometimes people say wall to wall, but they don't really mean that. They just mean like a wall, and then like later part of like another sort of antechamber. This is actually wall to wall televisions. They've got uh, Xbox, Wii, uh, internet access, and then you can watch uh, sporting events, not just live stuff, but stuff that's been archived from last month, last year. Uh, just hundreds and hundreds of options. And of course, the menu has everything from garden burgers to international food to you know the, the regular sort of wings and stuff like that. It is the ultimate sports lounge. You got to check it out. It's at nineteenth. Morrison and Southwest. And right now, if you're a caller 10 at 503-228-4101, you get a $50 gift certificate to that. 503-228-4101, your chance to win a $50 gift certificate to the agency. And this Friday at 9 a.m., you'll be able to go to KUFO.com and buy yourself a half-off certificate for the agency. All right. Without further ado, I'll give you just a little bit of this uh, from... um, Are you going to post it on your website? The, I've actually posted the video for this okay. weirdo. He's already created it. I don't know if it's for an upcoming uh, album or if he's just doing it. He releases a lot of stuff as just singles now, like that whatever you want uh, uh, thing. Mm-hmm. So this uh, from uh, the American master known as Weird Al Yankovic is Craigslist.
shared a quick glance Saturday at the mall I never took a chance Never approached you at all You were a blonde half-Asian With a bad case of gas I was wearing red Speedos And a hockey mask Come on, let's find that love connection That we missed On Craigslist Yeah, Craigslist Broadcasting from the greatest city on earth. Crime is down in Portland, but murders are up. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com and we'll have Sarah Diller's. Uh, Sarah Diller. Sarah Dillon's what? fan letters. For, I was conflating like nine words there. Sarah Dillon and Lisa Wood. Sarah Dillon. Sarah X Dillon and Lisa. Say my name for seven years. Lisa Wood, uh, hosts of the Punk Show, which airs uh, Sunday seven to nine right here on Rock One Hundred One KUFO. Uh, so we've got Sarah and Lisa's fan mail from prison. As so we'll get to that uh, tomorrow at the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everybody. It is eight forty-one. Expect showers this morning, mostly cloudy. The rest of the day, highs in the low seventies. Salem lawmakers considering banning talking and texting while driving. If it does pass, it could be fined up to $90. And if it does, Oregon will join California and several other states who have passed similar bans. Portland has the nation's most curious, or should say courteous drivers, according to a road rage survey. We have the least honking and cursing in the U.S., New York has the nastiest, angriest drivers. How do they do that survey, though? Do I, they... I don't believe that. There are some horrible people. No, in we Portland. have lots of road rage, and especially oh, in the yeah. Coupe, there's like one every weekend. Yeah, that's a. That, oh, that and seems... Hawthorne, I can't drive by without having profanity with like pedestrians yeah. or. So are they just? But well, I mean, keep perpetrating the lie. It makes people feel better. Are they surveying drivers about themselves? Because no one's ever honest about their own driving no. behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody, it's always like that guy over there in that car. Well, we'll find out. Uh, Al Roker said he would drop Spencer like a bag of dirt. So Heidi says you attacked her. Spencer says... You just saw the tape. Was that an attack? Well, that's only a small portion of the... (laughs) I'm just saying. When it kept going, then I I hit them with mace and then tied them up. I'm just saying what she said, you attacked her. You did, really? And then Spencer said he's lucky I was saved by Jesus because a couple of weeks ago I probably would have ripped his head off for talking to my wife like that. Are you proud? Are Um, you proud? Yes, I am. I am. I, I, I believe I asked what a lot of people wanted to know. And if he had tried to come across... I would have dumped him like a bag of dirt. <laughs> Good for you, Al Roker. Hold on. Here's Yay, the. Al. Here's the. This is the clip in question. I had no idea that the weatherman was even allowed to ask questions to superstars. And then when he started yelling at my wife, my heart was pounding just not to leap across and rip his head off. But ever since I got saved, I'm working on not, you know, wanting to kill people on TV. Saved by Stephen here. Baldwin, uh, incidentally. Here's Tim Riley. Lindsay Lohan's behavior continues to spiral out of control. As the actress has been placed in more compromising positions, yesterday she sent out a scary, skinny, topless photo of herself on Twitter with the caption, Old Photos, I'm That Bored. Levi Johnston, the noted Palin daughter, well, 
I don't know who wrote this, but it's opinionated. He has hired Tank Jones, quote, a size 58 suit-wearing black man, unquote, to manage his career and be his bodyguard. He's going all Hollywood. Wait a minute. So a guy named Levi. Yes. Father of a kid named Trip hired a guy named Tank. Yes. <laughs> what are, we, are we living in a Mallard Fillmore comic? I don't understand what's going on. Everybody just wants a little bit of attention these days. Seriously. Well, have fun. Enjoy while it lasts, kid. And by the way, the, the, the idea that the guy is both a manager and bodyguard indicates that perhaps this is from some sort of a, a budget Hollywood uh, guide to representation. A Des Moines teen may have the fastest fingers in the nation. 15-year-old Kate Moore beat out 20 other finalists to win the third annual National Texting Championship. For two days, contestants tapped away on their cell phones in challenging ways to test their speed, accuracy, and knowledge of the text message lingo. Contest included texting blindfolded and texting while going through a tricky obstacle course. She beat a 14-year-old from Savannah, Georgia in the final showdown after texting three long messages with near-perfect punctuation, capitalization, and abbreviations. Mora was crowned the winner. She takes home a $50,000 grand prize. She it, says it's all in the thumb. Well, you know, and the, the <laughs> thing about it is, A, there's only two roads we're going to go to. Either A, everybody's going to have some weird carpal tunnel of the thumb, and then we will be completely surpassed by other creatures on Earth because we will lose the opposable thumb, which gives us the advantage in uh, weapon wielding, or B... That's actually, yeah, I'm I'm just, really, I would uh, believe that. Seriously, I mean, because I mean, your thumb isn't supposed to... Well, you had the carpal tunnel, or you were getting carpal tunnel? Well, I am still. I need to get that keyboard out of the other room. because the, the ergonomic one? Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, your hand's not supposed to move sideways like that, side mm-hmm. to side. And the thing with the thumb is, yeah, it's either going to get... Just wither away and be completely useless, or kids are going to get like super thumbs, in which case we'll we'll advance even further. But that is that's thought number one. Thought number two is: Do you do this when you're texting? Do you find yourself still um, compulsively and anal retentively using correct pronunciation, spelling, capitalization, everything? I have to use correct. Uh... Like punctuation, like apostrophes. Yeah, like too. I don't have to capitalize, but I need to have a proper apostrophes. Like I can't do don't like D O N T. Now, see, I can't do that because then you're always afraid that the other person won't know you're doing it to save a character, and they'll just think you're like retarded. Mm-hmm. They'll just look and go, oh, "Look at that poor Sarah. She can't spell. Just barely, <laughs> barely got out of the third grade." Like, and I have to. I find myself doing this where I will, um, I will have to go to the little symbol thing to make sure that I can use like a semicolon or something because I just can't because I can't not use it uh, because I have all this like. Because because my personal identity is uh, is invested in my uh, grammar and punctuation skills while texting. Because I view that I view that as the forum through which I am judged by all humanity. Here's Tim Riley. Here's a ticket to disaster. Cheap trick are bringing the Beatles, Sgt. Pepper's, Lonely Hearts Club band to life this fall. The Las Vegas Weekly reports a cheap trick will perform their Sgt. Pepper live show at the Vegas Hilton for nine nights in September. They plan to perform the entire Sgt. Pepper's album at each performance. What? I don't know how I feel about that. Wait, they cover- any, any, anybody who who tackles these uh, Sergeant Pepper project, it usually goes down to defeat. Remember the Rob <laughs> Stigwood, <laughs> the Rob Stigwood movie in the seventies? I was just going to say, in there, sitting on some circus wagon or something. I, it's actually, you know, uh, you know who um, who has, I believe, the it's special edition, forgotten movie. The special edition of that is Paddock. He's, got, I think, he's got like the I two believe. disc like, collector set. I have it on. I have the soundtrack on vinyl. You've never seen that, Sarah? No. Oh my God! The uh, the Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts it's Club disastrous. Band movie from the seventies, starring the Bee Gees. Oh, it's awesome! It's the Bee Gees. It's Peter Frampton. It's who else is in it? George Wait, why Burns. Why didn't the Beatles do it? Well, because they're well. 
because they have a sense of taste and quality most of the time. Well, they, the Beatles aren't even in Yellow Submarine. Okay, well, I was going to say, if that's their product, I mean, why did the Bee Gees do it? Well, that's uh, that's another good question. They, why they did were, the Beatles approve that, I guess? Yeah. It, it was at the time when the Bee Gees could do no wrong until right. then. No, that, they well, me. everybody meets their Waterloo at some point. Everybody has their metal machine music or their The Life of Chris Gaines. Uh, hold now, on. I can't remember what Stigwood did before that. that was successful. Stigwood was doing a lot of successful things. And that was his jump the shark thing. Hold on, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna just read a little a little thumbnail of it right here. I mean, here we, we go. Talk about things before Sergeant Pepper's Dylan was born. Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, an American musical released in 1978, mm-hmm. features new versions because that's what you need. New versions of songs written and performed by the Beatles. Um, uh, let's see. It is a rock opera produced by Robert Stigwood of RSO Records, who produced Saturday Night Fever. Yeah. You're right. So this is totally capitalizing on the right. everybody loves the Bee Gees thing. Um, so. It, it's just the worst thing. Like, uh, I don't know if you know that Beatles song, Fixing a Hole, but they have George Burns, of all people, who even then was like a thousand years old, and he's singing Fixing a Hole, like, for what possible George reason? George Burns, he's got the cigar and the monkey. Yeah, and... Cigar and a monkey. A cigar and a monkey. Who's the who's the old guy with the little circle spectacles? Yes, that's George Burns, but when was he with a cigar and a monkey? I don't know. I feel like I'm picturing I... him in my mind with a cigar and a monkey. No, you're thinking yeah, Gracie see, Allen. Nibbler is nodding. Tracy Allen? Gracie Allen. He was married to her. I don't even know what we're talking about. Talking about George Burns. Ah! (laughs) Steve Martin, the comedian, is in there singing uh, Maxwell Silver Hammer. Let's see. What else? Lots Um, of bad decisions. What is Frampton? He plays Billy Shears, doesn't he? He plays Billy Shears. And you know who else is in there? He's freaking um, uh, uh, Aerosmith. What? Aerosmith is in there as villains. And I think at one point, don't they kill... Strawberry Fields. Uh, I'm sorry. Let's. Okay, I should have known. Now we're going to get some answers to this. Let's. We're going to figure things out, ladies and gentlemen. I think uh, we welcome. Got most of it right. Out of the uh, Rick Emerson Show, uh, program director and executive producer Christopher J. Paddock. Please do explain. Okay, so Aerosmith kills Strawberry Fields. That's what I thought in the movie because Alice Cooper's in it too. Yes. Remember, did we mention that? I don't know. If I, I didn't get. It. I was going to so leave that out. But Alice thanks Cooper for bringing it a up. A bad guy or a good guy? Evil. Well, he's a bad guy. Evil he's always a bad, a bad guy. Yeah. Alice Cooper's evil, and I, I'm trying to remember what the name of Aerosmith's band is. It's like The Noise or something know. like that. And uh, and I think Strawberry Fields is crushed by a giant neon dollar sign. It's it's so... You have to sounds, watch it. And also, the I only person who speaks in the movie is George Burns. Because he does, and he does Fixing a Hole, right? Uh, I think he sings that, and he thinks, I think he sings uh, When I'm 64. Because he old. was 84. Yeah. Is it on DVD? I mean, you legally. You said I had like a two disc. I thought uh, you had like edition. a full. No, 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 no. But I don't. I don't. I don't have that on DVD. Oh, one I have of the, the soundtrack. Rare films I don't have, and it is one of the worst movies ever made. I yeah. don't know. I watched FM for the first time in years. The other that day. movie sucks. It, it was so dated. That and movie so incorrect and bad. The book is out. Come on, babies. Let's play some Smokey Robinson. And while we're at it, we're going to play uh, Jimmy Buffett and uh, Linda Ronstadt. But, but I actually sat through it in amazement, thinking I'm watching something so bad and so bad for Sarah, me. you should watch FM. Okay. FM is the movie on that sort of inspired. It all. It, they're not related, but FM is the movie that, that sort of inspired WKRP in Cincinnati. It's a, it's a, it's a comedy with Martin Mull. Martin Mull. And Alex Karras from Webster fame. And who is It's not Ellen Burstyn. It's what's her name? Uh, Ellen from, Bre- Eileen Brennan. Eileen yeah. Brennan. But it's a, it's a movie about some zany rock. D- it's, it's kind of the KMET, the radio chaos, radio okay. waves, Jim Ladd thing. Some, you know, some, some laid back mellow rock DJs in Los Angeles. And it's so unbelievably dated and wrong about everything. And they have I mean, Martin Mull jamming to Jimmy Buffett. And you remember how the, he, like the, 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 the movie start with him like racking out lines of cocaine and he snorts him and then he drives up to work to the sound of the eagles that's right that's it oh, life in the fast right. lane 
Because he's got to get to the shift strip. to rock. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it looks like it's 90 years old. Yeah. If not older. <laughs> you know what else? One other movie that sucks. We should do a whole feature just called Movies what, That Suck. M- radio Movies That no, Suck? No, no, no. Just Movies That Suck. Okay. Hold on. Movies That Suck. Uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire also in Sgt. Pepper. Movies. Jesus, God. That is yeah. something I never want to see. No, no, no. But you want to see it, though, is the thing. I don't know. It seems like too much I think of a Carol Channing's in it, too. Do you, know what, you know what else sucks? Is Can't Stop the Music. Starring the Village People and oh, Bruce yeah. Jenner. And yep. Valerie Perrine. And you know who directed uh, Can't Stop yes, the Music? Yes, I do. Tim, do you know who, did you ever see Can't Stop the Music with the Village People? I must have. Yeah, I know you did, because, I mean, if you lived through the 70s, it was like you had to. It was, it was like you were taken there at gunpoint, like a forced, like a baton death march to watch it. The, don't, Can't Stop the Music was directed by what's-her-name who did the quicker picker-upper towel commercials. That is that, Nancy Walker, who also played Rhoda's mom. That's right. And she was the she was the old cranky woman who talked about bounty towels. And they said, well, why not have her direct direct a movie? Uh, and there's that... And it, it wasn't produced by, uh, the, by what's his name, Alan Carr that did Grease? Yes. Yes. Why do we know these and things? He were, uh, I remember seeing like a premiere party on TV. Like ABC had the premiere party of Grease. Fur coat. It, it looked like a muumuu. Like, he, you know, like Fat Homer on The Simpsons. Baseball cap and then fur coat to his yeah. ankles. Yeah. I don't even know who our elected representatives are in Oregon, by the way. Just FYI. In case you're wondering why I have this knowledge. I don't know what your excuse uh, is. Where do you go is. from there? I don't know. Uh... Maybe nowhere. Well, we can't stop the music, so coming up, smells like the 90s with our good friend, Buzz. All right. Well, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank Cena Radio correspondents Lisa Desjardins, as well as Cena Radio correspondent James Roop. I was going to talk Roop. about that skating movie with Linda Blair that was on not too long ago, too. They came out around that same time, but I can't think of the name of it. Roller Boogie. Yes. Wow. Who was the guy that got kicked off uh, So You Think You Can Dance at the It was season? today's mystery guest. <laughs> Tony Bellissimo? Is that his name? Bellissimo. Yeah. I feel really young today. Thank uh, that guy as well. Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen. For Rock 101 KUFO in the newsroom, Tim Riley on the phone's production assistant, Greg Nibbler. Uh, the gatekeepers, Dave's in the webmistress. Bridget from upstairs, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan Donut with me. Reynolds, executive producer, Christopher J. Paddock. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com and we'll have fan letters from prison to Sarah and Lisa Wood. It is Wednesday, June 17th. And that is the frequency, Kenneth. My name is Rick Emerson. Watch out for snakes. See you tomorrow. Bye. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.